going on? What's going on, people? We're back with another one. We're back with another one. I'm excited, man. What's up, man? Man, I'm good, man. I'm excited as well. You know, listen, man, we we we, we talking about it. We talking about it. Uh, it be a great conversation, man. Yeah, man. Um, listen, I feel like, oh, this is, I feel like this is a very important discussion, right? A very important discussion because we're having issues not only in the dating realm, but we're also having issues in the marriage realm and the asset protection, the business end of the marriage piece as well. And so doomed at this point. Oh, yeah. I agree. So we just haven't, you know, we really have a lot of, issues in all partnerships so it's personal business all that marriage non-marriage so you know we all have issues man we just got to figure it out how can we protect ourselves in any situation because in every situation you you in you got to protect yourself you got to protect your money you got to protect your assets because at the end of the day you never know if that person is going is going to be willing to take it if something happens so i think it's important to prepare yourself in the beginning in case something does happen. and Because nobody goes into a relationship thinking, oh, this is going to end in the next two, three years or the next two, three months. So it's important that you protect yourself entering in a new situation. If it's a, it's a marriage, it's a business, or maybe you just have a partnership. Because a lot of people not getting married these days, they're just in a partnership and agreements. They never do the back-end work. So that's, that's my thoughts on that, Byron. Good morning. Good morning. I see y'all coming in. See y'all coming in. Nah, we're not on Clubhouse no more. We're 100% on YouTube. We're here every Tuesday and every Thursday at 6.30 Central Standard Time. A.M. But uh, we're going to get this started, man. What's going on, everybody? O'Neill Parker, real estate investor, entrepreneur out of Lafayette, Louisiana. Been investing in real estate since 2016. Full-time entrepreneur since 2020. I do all things in real estate, but I tend to stick to and the thing that I enjoy the most is passive income. Rentals because it prepares me for later, prepares for my retirement, prepares for my future. Uh, I'm the owner of Leverage to Wealth, teaching people how to leverage where they are currently in life to get wealthy in real estate. And that's me. Um, so shout out to the uh to the new members, man. We got some new members join the community. Hold on, let me shout y'all out real quick. Let me see, let me see who we got. So we got shout out to Miss Matilda. Miss Matilda joined us. She got the visionary. Shout out to uh, Charlene and shout out to Ms. Reed, man. Shout out to y'all as the newest memberships of the community. And look, make sure you, if you want to join the community, it's next to the subscribe button. They have three different levels. You get discounts on merch. You get discounts on events that we have. And uh, it's next to the subscribe button. Make sure you hit that join. Join the family. We'd love to have you. And uh, they got, like, again, they got three different levels. They got Trailblazer, Visionary Legacy. Whichever one fits your financial situation or whatever you got going on, you know, click click that and join us. Yes, indeed. Man, so we have a special guest today. Um, it's actually been a minute since we've had this special guest on. Very intelligent, brilliant mind. Um, and especially on this particular topic, we did not want to have this conversation without being able expert. to bring, yeah, an expert opinion, expert uh, 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 you know, to be able to break, help us synthesize some of this data that we're going to be discussing today. 
as well as give you guys some real life insight as to what's going on in these divorce courts, in these family courts, right? Um, because let's be real, with the divorce rates as high as they are, it's it's damn near a 50-50 chance if you're going to be successful or not. And so I believe, me personally, you know, I'm I'm a very analytical person in the sense that I believe that we should be doing things to start protecting ourselves early, especially us entrepreneurs. Some of us may have higher than normal net worth. We looked at the statistics on actual income in America. It is quite low. It is quite low. Um, and, you know, for the people who are making, you know, some decent income, you need to go into this thing eyes wide open instead of eyes wide shut and wondering why. Um, <laughs> you understand what I'm talking about? Oh, you on mute? Oh, you on mute? And we're talking about both people need to be protected the man and the woman because we got the man and the woman. Sides. Both sides. We talking about men trying to get the bag too from the ladies. So, hey, you know, most times we just think the ladies trying to take from the man, but at this point in 2024, it's going both ways. So, it's going both ways. Matter of fact. That's a new growing trend that we not yeah. we don't hear a lot about, but it's a lot of women getting getting a getting, getting got taken to them in in divorce court, right? Yeah. So we gotta don't get, think this we can give you an example of somebody that got got. You know, we we're gonna talk a little deeper about it. But Mary J. Blige, you know, she paying thirty thousand a month. My God, to a man, you know what I'm saying thirty thousand a month is false support to. A, a brother that could, could go figure it out on his own. You know what I'm saying? He's supposed to be providing, leading, protecting, but he, he taking money from a woman. I, for me personally, <laughs> I, I couldn't do that. But you know what I mean? Er, everybody, everybody, every man different. You know what I'm saying? And she got $6.5 in IRS debt. And this, I'm sure he knew that already. He's still taking from the lady, man. For me, I just don't think that's man like, but you know, it is what it is. Everybody got their own opinion. Yeah, yeah. What's your thoughts about that, Byron? I think it's whack. You know, I, <laughs> I don't see myself being in the category of men wanting to take from a woman in that sense. Um, but at the same time, I don't condemn it either because at the end of the day, let me explain. Oh, you why. Here's the thing, bro. So I've you know, we've done, you know, we've done some podcasts and I've met some powerful women who literally have their husbands on their payroll. Can we wake that up? We have, listen, and so, so, and it goes back to the conversation we was having yesterday, right? And I wish I could pull up another clip. I saw it was Dunny Wiggins and she was talking about how she has come to a, a maturity level in her understanding of how to do relationship to where, she knows that she's going to need to be with a man that in, 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 in to some regard is going to be her support system, going to be almost like her helpmate to a certain degree. So basically he, they're switching roles. Kind of. I would, here's the thing, bro. It's a lot of men. It's a lot of men who, who may be comfortable with being the supportive helpmate to their woman. Here's the thing. My dad, listen, I, and I tell this story all the time. My dad was more that person to my mom. He was like a helpmate. I, 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 and I don't consider my dad a weak person. I don't consider, and he made money. It wasn't that he didn't make money, but I'm just saying my mom was, you know, she acted more as the leader of the household. 
And I don't, my dad is the, like, trust me, my dad was Superman to me growing up. So it was no, like, he was a strong man. He just, from a leadership standpoint, my mom just had more of those qualities. And, right. and they had a healthy relationship. Imagine this, very healthy relationship. So I don't want to demonize the men who are just not strong leaders Right. Every man just yeah. ain't a strong leader. I, I don't I don't think that's nothing to be ashamed of. And I think as 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 men, we need to not shame that because it puts the men who are more of the beta style men. Right. It makes them feel a way about their woman being in control and women that really that woman may need to be in control of their household because she's better at it. it, it everybody right. has their own skill sets. That's, that's that's my point of that. What's your thoughts on that? I agree with that. I agree with that. And then uh, you got to be confident enough to know that that's not your strong suit. Because a lot of people are not good leaders, but the, the world said the man has to lead. But at the end of the day, if you want what's best for your family, best for your situation, the better leader in that situation needs to go ahead and lead in that situation. Because at the end of the day, you want what's best for you, your wife, or whatever your situation is, and your family. If you're weak in that spot, your partner is supposed to step up and leading that direction as a as a as a leader in your family, you gotta follow who's better as the leader in that moment. You know, just because that person is better at leading, let's just say making a financial decision doesn't mean that person is better at leading when it comes to disciplining the kids. So whoever is strong in that position, I would say as a marriage, a couple or a girlfriend, boyfriend, let that person who's better at leading leading that in that and the other person be a helpmate in that moment. Absolutely. Man, we got my guy Al in the building. Shout out to my Al, guy Al, man. man. We got to jump on the live, man. We need your insight. We yeah, your man. Insight. Click that button, man. Click Listen, that button. We're going to go ahead and get these intros out the way. Listen, my name is Byron, real estate investor out of Houston, Texas, primarily focused on the wholesale space, do a little bit of creative finance, fix and flip. New to the build to rent space. Definitely excited about that. You know, it's it's it's, it's amazing watching those time lapses. Oh, uh, 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 them doing all of the things, you know what I'm saying? And doing the build up. It's a beautiful situation to be in. You know what I mean? I, I love see, it, man. I like that for you, man. Yeah, happy for you, you man. know, I was looking at at a massive plot of land. Listen, massive 16 acres over in Paraland the other day, uh, working a deal on how we're going to make that deal happen. That was a phenomenal conversation at the office yesterday. Proud member of the Accelerator program, but it's on you, man. Let's get these intros out the way. Man. I already got mine out of the way. I don't know what you, oh, you ain't my for a little oh, man. Yeah, I had to get my audio straight. Well, listen, yeah, I want to go ahead and introduce our special guest. Oh, we got my guy Al. We got Al in the building. Yeah. See Eddie at the office. Okay. Yeah, man. We got yeah. our special guest, Michelle. Um, I have a tremendous amount of respect for her mind, her intellect, uh, specifically on this topic as well, because this is what she does, but I'm not going, I'm not going to mess this up for her. I'm going to let her introduce herself. See, that's what we going to do. So real quick, uh, Michelle, do you mind kind of just giving everybody, uh, a brief introduction to who you are? Um, and you know, and, and, and a little bit as to why we brought you to discuss this matter where we're talking about is protecting the bag when it comes to relationships, not just business relationships, but also family and uh, 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 family relationships as well. Sure. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. It is so great to see you guys. It's been a while. Yeah. Uh, 
Yeah. So I am Michelle C. Thomas, a D.C. divorce lawyer. I have been practicing divorce and family law for about 20 years now. And let me tell you, protecting the bag, I mean, that is what that is really so important because people, they, you know, the person you're divorcing is not the same person you married. So people go into a marriage all in love and, you know, they're going to spend their lives together. But five, 10 years down the road, things change and you don't want to risk losing all that you've built, poured your blood, sweat and tears into because you didn't do the proper planning on the front end. So that's what I've been doing for many years now, helping a lot of people protect the bag, among other things. And I'm super excited to help talk to your audience about what they can do to help protect themselves if they're in this situation. Wow. I love it. I love it. I guess we can go ahead and get it started. Um, when, when, when people go to you, what are you typically seeing? Men filing for divorce <laughs> or women filing for divorce? You know, that's a great question, O'Neill. And people often say that women are the ones who file first, even though the man may have checked out first, the man may have moved on. But it's the women who do the, the heavy lifting a lot of times and actually get the paperwork filed and started. So um, a lot of times, you know, before the relationship ends, there's a, an erosion within the marriage, you know, of trust, an erosion of, you know, there could be financial deceit. And if there's financial deceit, oftentimes there's other kinds of deceit, like cheating and, and that sort of thing. And so a lot of times, you know, it's the woman, in my experience, that says enough is enough. Um, I'm not going to continue living my life like this. And they, they actually file first. Mm. Mm. But that's wow. in a, that's in a nasty situation. Start. <laughs> Go ahead. I mean, get ugly. It gets yeah. Very, yeah, it gets very ugly. Mm -hmm. well, I so. want to talk about what that looks like too, but real quick, we got Al in the building. Al, I know that you have been successfully married uh, for quite some time. You are, you know, high net worth brother. Um, <laughs> yeah, that divorce. Let me tell you something. If Al get a divorce, listen, it, it's come on, be man. Words got street. power. Don't, don't speak that power. on that man, bro. Oh, I, man, I don't want to put man. it out there. I'm just saying that boy, that boy, man, that money will be flying out of everywhere, bro. Let me. <laughs> <laughs> Here, here's what I say, man. So I'll start with this, right? Uh, I don't have a prenup. But my everyone's situation is different. Um, I've known my wife since I was 19 years old. Now we weren't together the entire time. I think we went through uh, challenges that every relationship kind of goes through, especially when you're 19 and 20. You don't, you know, you don't, you gonna make some. Uh, sometimes you're gonna make some bad decisions, right? Uh, and you know, sometimes you just gotta grow up, and it's a maturation process. So for me, my wife's been with me. And my girlfriend, fiance, wife, she's been with me. She's been with me when I was broke. She's been a big supporter of who I am today. Frankly, you know, I, I, I again, I believe words have power, but let's just say someone with the same name and that end up happening, I just make it back. That's just kind of how I that's how I feel about it. Yeah, that's how I feel too, bro. I mean, I, I just make it back, man. I, you know, at the end of the day, um, I, you know, a man's job is to provide and protect. And my my wife has given me a beautiful daughter. She holds down the household. She's put her career on, on hold. So if shit hit the fan, it's going to cost me some M's. But I'm going to make the M's back. That's just how I'm built. 
right? Mm. I just want to, you know, after that, just, hey, just have a, a, a co-parenting relationship. Let's be respectful. Uh, sometimes things like that in relationships happen, man. And I know uh, sorry, that may be a contrarian um, belief, but that's my belief, man. And, 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 and so I don't, I don't make decisions on, um, you know, I don't make decisions that if, if, if things didn't work out, it, it's a total L, man. When someone is giving you 20 plus years of their life, um, you know, I think there should be some compensation to that. Both mm. ways, though. Both ways. Both ways. Mm. Yeah. So, I like to speak on a certain situation because my situation is pretty similar. You know, I've been with my, my wife now for 15 years since I was 15. I'm a sophomore in high school. So, you know, when we got married, we just had our anniversary yesterday. I had money, but when she met me, well, I had a little money when she met me, but it ain't nothing crazy. So, for me, I feel the same as Al. I didn't have no prenup. Reason being because a lot of people look, especially men, you know, when they're in a relationship, they, they'd be like, you know, my lady wouldn't have no, uh, she wouldn't need beating, she would not hit in the field, she wouldn't put in this work with me. Why would I give her half of what I have? But at the end of the day, my wife, if it wasn't for her, I wouldn't be where I'm at. You know, at the end of the day, she watching the kids, you know what I'm saying? She taking care of the house. Uh, if she ain't watching the kids, who the hell go watch? You know what I'm saying? So, She's playing her role. She's just playing her role in a different way. Like, she holding the house down while I'm out there working and doing what I got to do. So, I'm with Al on it. If something happened, man, you can have it. I can just make it right back. Fact. Now, now what you, I, you deserve that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Go ahead. And, and I would love, uh, you know, our esteemed Esquire's professional opinion on this. But for me, it would be more so a conversation like, okay, if we're going our separate ways, I want to make sure this still stays within the family. At the end of the, the at the end of the day, <laughs> you got my last name, whether you get remarried or not, you're gonna be family forever because we have a kid together. So I want to make sure that our daughter, right, or our estate, whether we're separate or not, it's making sure that it's going to the people that it should go and benefit. So I think you know having that agreement that hey. Even if we separate and, and estates are split, they still go back to the same family tree uh, uh, among our demise. That's really, really important. And I would probably want that uh, in a trust or something like that. Uh, and I think any prudent attorney can have that be drawn up. Well, yeah, see, I, 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 I just wanted to say, you know, you're talking like a man in love, right? Like you're talking, you're talking like a man who's happily married and wants the best for his family. And happy anniversary to you, O'Neill. That is awesome. But what Thank happens you, is by the that. yeah, by the time people get to the divorce process, some some people would rather pay their attorney than let their spouse have a dime. Ooh, ooh. And so they're willing to literally spend tens or hundreds of thousands of dollars to ensure that the other side does not walk away with anything because there's so much resentment that's built up. That's why I go back to that, that I think planning on the front end through prenuptial agreements and stuff like that is so critical because that you're not the, the person you're divorcing is not the same person you married in a lot of instances. Sometimes you don't even recognize a person anymore. But I love that you're in that happy space and happily married space. That is that is awesome. That's not Thank the truth you. for you know other a lot of no. Other I know couples. it's not statistically that's not the norm. I, I completely get that, but. Let me say this because obviously we got a we got an audience here. So let's just say someone was happily married. They didn't have a prenup because when they got together they were broke, and they don't have a postnuptial. 
how would you advise your client, whether it's a man or a woman, how would they protect their interests if their spouse won't sign a postnuptial? What would you do to help them protect their assets? Because I know this is going to be really relative to a lot of people in the audience. So your question is, if, they, if there is no prenup or postnup and they end up getting divorced after they've amassed, you know, a lot of assets. So no, I mean, before, before divorce, before. let's just say everyone's happily married because this is probably going to impact some people. Relatable. Divorce is not even on the table at the moment. And you have male or female, doesn't matter. You have one partner um, that does very, very well financially and, and is responsible for the majority of the assets. And their, you know, their partner, husband or wife, just, they don't have a prenup and the wife or husband don't want to sign a postnuptial, what would you recommend your client to do, the one that's helped build all the assets, what could they do to protect the assets that they've accumulated? Well, you want to, number one, keep accurate records. So you want to keep track of, you know, what contributions are being put toward which acquisition of assets and so forth. And that's because if you do end up getting to your place of separating, you know, the courts a lot of times may weigh in certain jurisdictions, the contributions each party made to the acquisition or preservation of assets. So one thing you can do is, is sort of keep track. Um, of what's who's doing what and, and who's paying what. Um, another thing people can do is, you, you know, you may want to keep separate accounts um, for certain amounts of certain types of income. You, you may want to make sure that you're not commingling um, any kind of asset that could be a separate asset, commingling mm -hmm. that with marital assets during the marriage. So, um, you know, there's, there's a number of things that people can do while they're in the relationship or in the marriage that may not certainly guarantee that the asset won't be divided, but it certainly could help, you know, bolster your your arguments or your claims or give your lawyer something to work with. Because all roads lead back to hire a competent divorce lawyer as early as possible in the process so that you can help, you know, best protect yourself. Wow. I didn't know that. So you're saying having separate accounts is actually a benefit to somebody going into a divorce situation. Well, it could be if, number one, it helps you to avoid commingling assets. So maybe you mm. may have separate assets or maybe someone even inherited money during the marriage, something like that. If you mix that money with what would be considered marital, then you could run into an issue of having to divide it. Um, also, if you have separate accounts, that doesn't in an equitable distribution jurisdiction. I'm only licensed in D.C., Maryland, and Virginia. So in these three jurisdictions, having a separate account doesn't mean automatically that the money is yours, but it can just help you with an accounting from an accounting perspective when you have to account for your contributions to maintaining, acquiring, preserving assets uh, at the point that you get to divorce court. Um, but all roads go back to consulting with a lawyer as soon as you can to make to see what, what claims and rights you have. Wow. So I got a quick question about that. So let's just say somebody have their own account and they buy an asset out of that own account that they have. So once they go to divorce court, ever everything is a lot easier and streamlined because your your name is on that account and you buying property or whatever out of that one account. So it looks better to the attorneys or whoever when it comes to split. It shows that this person bought these assets out of this account and their name is on it by themselves. That, so that's basically what you're saying. Well, the how how an asset is titled doesn't necessarily make it his or hers. Um, so it really is specific to each state, whether the state is what we call an equitable distribution state or a community property state. 
So that really depends. But what I'm saying is that I think you can help yourself when you meet with the attorney in your jurisdiction and you can easily show, you know, these are the funds that I've earned. This is how I've spent the money. This is, these are the assets that I utilize for that may create an avenue for a lawyer to make an argument on your behalf based upon how the monies were used or apportioned. Um, if, if, but it really is state by state specific. So you definitely want to meet with the lawyer as early as you can in your, in your jurisdiction. Mm, wow. That's some good info. Bam. What's going on, man? We got bam, bam in the building, man. How you feeling? Yeah, man? I know yeah, what you thought about this, man. You've been married for a long time too, man. What, what, what's your thoughts? Well, I've been with my wife since. I mean, you've yeah. been together a long time. I bet. You, you yeah, say since how long? Ninth grade. Wow. High school sweethearts. Yeah, yeah. Four kids later. But we was, I don't know, I feel different about it because we've been in the gym together forever. Mm. And it's like nothing, you know, even though she didn't work and do all the stuff, I did. I couldn't deal without her because she was my helpmate. She kept the kids, you know, she played secretary. She, she answered phone calls. She do admin duties. Anytime I have ever had a vision, she wanted to know how she could help me make it come true. Wow. When was, yeah, when I was a professional boxer, she was meal prepping for me. You know, when I got into real estate, she started becoming my VA. So for me, anything that I have, I don't really mind. If, she, if we was divorced, she can have it. I'd make it back. You know, I'd rather her have it since she did sacrifice so much for me to get to where I'm at. I'm not where a lot of y'all at, but I'm a, a lot further than a lot of the people I know. So, okay, so let, let's, let's speak to this, right? Because... Michelle brought up an important point, right? And I would love to get you guys' take on this too, right? Because obviously, you know, we're we're, we're we're listening to a lot of men who have healthy relationships, right? I would say pretty much every man on this panel has a healthy relationship, have been with their women for a long, long time. Um, and, but what Michelle is speaking to, right, is some stats right and the stats are not you know let's let's look at this let's look at this real quick not favorable <laughs> the stats say different things and i don't ever want to be in a situation where we're talking about a microcosm and we're we're we're, we're speaking from a from a small sector of society and we're extrapolating that to the to the general public because the 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 facts don't err on the side of the men speaking right now. And I don't want to set people up for failure, right? Thinking that, you know, their situation should be like what our situation is when in reality, this is what we are seeing in the real world, right? So so what we're seeing in the real world, and I would love to get Michelle's take on this, right? Maybe she can help us out, help us to be able to kind of dissect some of this uh, and analyze some of this data. But the number one reason, so a lot of people, if you thought, that the number one reason for divorce was money, put a number one in the chat. If you think that the number one reason for divorce is money, put a number one in the chat. I just wanna, I just wanna see, um, you know, because we've we we've heard this over and over again. The number one reason for divorce, money. The number one reason for divorce, money, 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 money. Money is 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 looked at as the number one reason as to why people get divorced. If you've heard that and you've believed that to be true, put a number one in the chat. 
if you could do me a favor, put a number one in the chat. I just want to know if I'm if if we on the same page here before I move on, before I move on, because this is important. Okay, somebody said communication. Okay, we ain't got no one. So okay, okay. So people didn't. Okay. So here's the thing. So number one, the number one reason for divorce in 2024, wrapping up 2023, is lack of commitment. 75% of divorces right now, according to Forbes, and this is the National Library of Medicine data, they said that 75% of those are from lack of commitment. Number two is infidelity or extramarital affairs. This is 60%. Listen to me. 60% of divorces are from infidelity. And guess what? It's not just men who are cheating. It's men and women who are cheating on each other. So let's 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 put that argument down too because we got stats for that too. Um too much conflict and arguing at 58%. 58% of it is too much conflict and arguing, right? And then getting married too young is 45%. And then we have financial problems at 37%. So money, according to this stat, and according to the new divorce trends, appears to be not the highest reason why people are getting divorced anymore. We have lack of commitment. Infidelity or infidelity or extramarital affairs, too much conflict and arguing, and getting married too young. Um, I want to defer to Michelle on this, you know, so maybe she can kind of help us understand what is she seeing in her practice, as well as does any of this data uh, correlate with what you're seeing in real life. Yeah, you know, Byron, I'm so glad that you found these statistics and shared them because I think that this is a much more accurate representation of what's really going on. I've been so tired of people always saying, oh, money and fighting over money is the number one reason for divorce. That is not the case. And that has not been my experience. Um, so I think that the lack of commitment, which I also which also translates into a lack of appreciation for the partner, taking your partner for granted. Um, you know, not really considering your partner, all of those things breed a level of resentment that ultimately causes all kinds of other issues like infidelity to manifest. So then you go to, well, I'm not getting what I need at home. I'm going to look elsewhere. So then you often do have a, a, um, infidelity, whether it be emotional or physical relationships that begin to emerge and the relationship really, the marriage deteriorates. So it's a lot of these other sort of intangibles that occur before you get to the, the financial component. The financial component is a lot of times, I mean, that's a factor, but that's not the leading factor from my experience. Um, people don't call me and come in, and I did five consultations yesterday. People don't say, um, not one of them said I'm leaving because of money, you know, because we can't agree on how to spend money. I heard everything but that. So that's the reality. So I think those stats are, are pretty um, on point. You got five in one day? Oh, wait, listen, oh listen. Divorce is popping. <laughs> I'm trying. I'm trying to help the people. You know, I do. I'm doing the best I can. You know. I thought you was gonna say five in one week, and it's a whole new year. You <laughs> said five in one day. So, oh my God. you know, the five that call you, what was their reasons for wanting to get divorced? If you don't mind uh, sharing it. Um, there's, I mean, there's infidelity. Has certainly was a significant, 
um, component, I would say, of the consultations, uh, certainly a lack of trust um, and it, just suspicious behavior all around, um, people being like not committed. So one person, a lot of times one partner will check out of the marriage, you know, emotionally before it actually manifests. And by the time the other person realizes it, it's too late. Um, the person's already left emotionally. So those are, those are really um, the main issues. I would say of the five, maybe one of them touched more so on, you know, fi finances in terms of not sure what the other person's doing with the money and, and hidden assets. But yeah. Wow. Yeah. And that's well, why I have to go at 830 because I've got another consultation. My God. <laughs> yeah. Damn. So you just see some nasty situations every day, basically. It's a lot. You know, that's why this is refreshing. I mean, like Byron said, you know, you all, um, all of you being happily either in relationship, partnered or married, it's really refreshing. And I wish that we could really highlight relationships like yours more often. Yes, indeed. Real quick, I want to ask this question, right? So real quick. So, oh, you mentioned that you... Al, you mentioned the same thing. And I, I'm the same way. I don't have a prenup. Whatever, you know, I'll start over. It is what it is. But my question to you, oh, um, your wife cheats on you. Oh my god. <laughs> Are you okay <laughs> with giving her all of the assets in divorce? See, that's a different situation. Bam bam. Al, your that's wife a different situation with your best friend. Dude, you say it's a horrible situation. No, no, no. I'm breaking it down. I'm breaking it down. I'm giving perspective. I'm, I'm with Michelle. No, hell no. No, no, no hell no. And, I, that, and, and that's why there's always, I mean, that's why there's Michelle's, right? And, and that's probably why she's very highly compensated <laughs> uh, uh, because of situations like that, right? Uh, but no, I would not be willing to give half. Uh, uh, if, if, if my if my wife was uh, uh unfaithful, hell mm. to the law. Now, me personally, Byron, I would give her some money. Like, hey, you know, you take this fifty thousand, hundred thousand, I'm done. You know, you do what you want with the money. But I still, you know, I, I, I we've been together all that time. It's like you get a little bread, but you ain't get no no monthly money from me, or you ain't getting half for sure. That's just my. Uh, that's how I feel. Got gotcha. to Bam, bam. What's your thoughts? Man, she get that damn car she got. That's what she getting. <laughs> so, so okay. So here's the thing. I brought that question up for a reason. Michelle just literally said that, yeah, these sound like some happily married brothers. So they got a lot of nice things to say. Yeah, they want to give it all in happiness. But let's be real. How many people are getting divorced in happiness? Uh, none. None. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And this is Michelle, the real. Michelle brought up something else that was critically important is that when people are divorcing, they're not even divorcing the same person they met that they are happily married with. These are two different people. Yeah. Michelle, real quick, what are you seeing, right? What what are you seeing is the leading cause from your personal opinion to people's when when that divide or when those cracks in the marriage start to take place, why do you think people fail at fixing those before they become forever breaks? 
and they're they're they they're needing your consultations in order to continue with you know building relationship and life outside of the marriage. What are some of the things that you see that maybe some people here can take away and be like, maybe if I can catch this early, I can prevent it from being an issue later? That's an excellent question, Byron. Number one, priorities. Check your priorities. I think that a lot of times couples ignore the signs when one one party is, or I'm saying party, one spouse is, you know, stops doing the little things that they used to do in the beginning and starts slacking off and you begin to take your partner for granted and you get too comfortable. You assume, oh, they're not going anywhere or whatever. Now your spouse may be giving you little signs and hints and saying, hey, I need more attention or hey, I need more, you know, support, but you're so comfortable. You think, and you know, not that he, this person would never leave me. And then before you know it, they're finding that comfort in somebody else and they're they're they develop a, a relationship or a confidant at a with a coworker for example or somebody outside and then eventually that person will stop they'll stop engaging with you stop doing those little things and they've shut down and once one partner shuts down then the other one tries to get them back to their original space of commitment but that's really hard to do and really hard to overcome so if if we begin to prioritize our relationships um, even sometimes more than getting the bag. I mean, you really have to do, you have to carve out time for your significant other, pay attention, continue to do the little things, you know, what you did to get him, you got to do to keep him. So um, that can help and then get help, you know, seek pastoral counseling, go to marriage counseling. Sometimes it's good to go just, you know, for just checkups, so to speak. So paying attention, reading the signs, prioritizing your partner, all those things can help. Um, down the road. And people, your your audience can follow me on Instagram for all kinds of tips along these lines about divorce, protecting your assets at Michelle C. Thomas ESQ, because I do like to try to add value as much as possible. Yeah, we can add it to the uh, to the uh, to the stream. Um, Has that tainted your uh, view of marriage for yourself personally? No, it's helped and bolstered it. It's mm. bolstered it because doing this for 20 years, I mean, I, and I, I could, and I quite frankly may write a book on what not to do, you know, all the Ooh, things to avoid doing to end up yeah, in my office, you know? So I've, I've learned so much over the years that it certainly, I think has enhanced my perspective view and capacity in relationship. How long have you been married? Ms. Uh, Mr. Shelby, you don't mind me. I'm not married. Okay. You're not married. Do you want to be married though? There you go. Now, see, that was not the topic of today's show. <laughs> hey, you know, <laughs> I'm just asking for the people, you know, that's all. you know, because reason I ask because you see ugly divorces, I'm sure every day or five, six days a week. So I just wanted to know from a from your perspective as being an attorney, seeing all these different yeah. things, does that push you to get married or you rather stay away from it because you see nasty situations going on every day? No, no, no. I still, I believe in marriage. I believe in the sanctity of marriage, um, the value of marriage. I'm a Christian. I, I, I fully support and embrace the institution of marriage. Uh, I think if anything, it has made me more discerning over the years because one of the reasons, which was one of the statistics, um, was people getting married too young. I would add to that people getting, simply marrying the wrong person for the wrong reasons. And so if more people would read the signs, I've got, I think I have a list of like 16 or 17 red flags um, on my 
Instagram pages, I believe. But if people were to read the signs and be a bit more discerning, then there would be less marriage, perhaps, but also less divorce. So it's mm. really about, you know, waiting for the right person and um, making sure you have shared values, um, shared interests, um, and the basics of integrity and mutual respect. Mm. I like that. I like that. Since we're talking about this topic, man, I got a clip I want to play real quick. Let me see. I want to hear your thoughts on this situation. Just a little bit of regret. Take a listen. If I had different people in my ear at that time, I would not have made that decision. No. I try my very best at this point in my life to be what I didn't have in that moment. Women specifically, the there will be moments where they'll be like, I'm ready to, I'm ready to be done. I'm ready to be done. I'm ready to be done. I can't stand this. He don't do this. He don't do that. Blah, 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 blah. And we're just focusing on these things. You don't have a certain um, person in your life to say, to check you and say, sis, what about this? What about this? What about these strengths? What about what he's not doing? That can get you thinking about the positive aspects of this person that you may not be thinking about when you're upset. In those moments, you need somebody to be the, the person for that person. Now, obviously this is not. So, so I think we need to touch on that because a lot of people be married, but like the ladies and the men hanging around with single people, you know, people that's going to brunch every weekend, you know, people that's out here dating, having, you know, maybe having sex with multiple people. And then those people are sharing those experiences with the married people. And now the married people thinking like, I need, I, I might, I might be missing out on something. So, do Miss Michelle, do you think the company you keep affects marriages as well? It seems like that's what, happened, that's what happened with Tyrese and, and his ex-wife. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, association brings about you know assimilation. It, it absolutely matters. Um, and it's not to say that if you're married, you can't have single friends and vice versa. But it's so important to incorporate your partner into your personal and social life. Um, it's good. To, it's healthy to have separate interests, but it's really important to also have shared interests. And so um, it, it, I, there's strength in numbers. And so if you are able to interact with other healthy couples, you know, healthy, not toxic, um, that should help to strengthen your relationship with your partner as well. And also give you perspective, right? A lot of times you may have people that overreact when their spouse does something wrong and then you may have a friend who's mar happily married to say, girl, you know, listen, you know, give that man a break or whatever. So it is definitely helpful to have a strong support system around you. I got a follow up oh. question. You, you, Go ahead. you jump it. I, I want to ask Al. Um, yeah, I want to hear from Al too. <laughs> so Al, real, real quick. So you've been happily married, successfully married. I, I'm going to say successfully married because happiness is we don't know of what, what people be happy and mad or whatever. Go Successfully married. What is your take on the people you convene with and the friendships you make, right? In terms of what O'Neill was just talking about. Like, do you hang with people with dysfunctional relationships? Are you who are you taking advice from whenever things do get a little rocky in the relationship? How y'all managing those conflicts? Are you? What are some of the red flags you see that that you say? You know what? Let me let me pay a little bit more attention to this. Uh, I need I need to I may need to fix on this, right? What what, what are some of those things for you? So my wife's parents 
have been married for it's my wife's stepdad so her biological dad and you know my mother-in-law um <clears throat> obviously didn't work out and so she's been she calls her stepdad her dad and her mom and her stepdad have been married for i don't know 30 39 years so my wife knows what a marriage should look like and what a successful marriage should look like i grew up in a single parent home i didn't really have an example of what a marriage should look like i actually had to learn how to be a husband and the first man the first three to four years of our marriage was rocky i'm not gonna lie to you right um you know it just sometimes if you don't know you you just gotta learn and and you learn from asking people that have had and that have successful marriages. So I'm not gonna ask someone for marital advice that is single because they're not married. Yeah. I'm not gonna ask someone for marital advice that has been divorced three or four times. Actually, I would. I'll ask them what not to do because obviously they've done it several times. <laughs> but I'm really gonna ask people that just have successful marriages. So my uncle and my aunt have been married for over 40 years. Uh, they are of what success looks like in marriage. I'll, I'll ask them about for things that they don't mind sharing. You know, what are some things that y'all struggle with? How did y'all overcome it? My wife is tripping on this. You know, what are your thoughts? Am I, am I looking at this wrong? You know, what's your perspective? So for me, I think mentorship's important in business. Mentorship's important in marriage. Mentorship's important in relationships. I'm not going to ask someone what a successful marriage looks like if they've never been married or been in a successful relationship, long-term successful relationship. And I'm not going to ask someone, like prime example, if someone wants to be a millionaire, I'm not going to ask someone that's never been, a, that's not a millionaire how to become a millionaire. They don't know, obviously, right? So that's just my perspective, man. I, people there do things at a high level. I want to get their advice on how they were so successful in all walks of life with faith, with, with family, um, with marriage, with business. So that's just my, my take on it. I'm, I'm going to ask people that's doing that at a high level. Hmm. What's your opinion on that, Byron? About, about the friends and advice and all oh, that? Oh, but, but, oh, so in reference to being around people that's toxic? Nah, man. I um, It's funny because... Should I say this? Should I not say it? You yeah, should say it. You should say it. You should say it. Somebody going to be helped. <laughs> Well, no, so I'll say this because I don't know who in the audience is, and I don't know who listening to this. Um, but it was funny because I asked my wife, I said, hey, man, you know, why don't you hang around your friends more? She said, because they're not wrong in the direction that I'm wrong. I said, what are you talking about? A lot of them Ooh. are single. Um, um, still out here in these streets. Did she do have some friends that are married and have successful relationships, and those are the ones we hang out with. But you know the ones that that's out here in the street. She said, "No, man, I'm I'm not going on no girls trip with them. I'm not putting myself in a situation where it is questionable. Uh, I'm not doing that, right? And 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 so you know, I'm going to show my wife the same respect. So for for my friends that are that are single, it's cool if we go have some drinks. But you know, I'm not going on no on no boys trip with them if I know." What lane they moving in? Like, no, I don't. I'm not gonna put myself in a situation to make bad decisions. You see what I'm saying? So it's it's just for me that's worked. 
If you got a sweet tooth, you shouldn't probably be in a candy store, right? Mm. If you like to drink alcohol, you may not be at a bar. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm not going to put myself in a situation, you know, because, uh, uh, you know, hey, when I was, you know, I mean, hey, I, I'm not. Nah, we don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. <laughs> Let's say that. Right. And and, and so and my wife has the, the, the same type of perspective, man. So we, we get each other. I like that, man. I like that. What's your thoughts, right? Man. So so here's the thing. I this is what I do, right? And I've seen work for me. Um, I man, listen, I just try to make sure that I'm checking in on the wife um and making sure that I'm hearing her. Like I think sometimes, right, when we get busy, you know, man, we got a million things on our plate. Uh, and I sometimes, bro, I'm, I'm, I'm distracted, right? So sometimes I'm distracted personally with things that I need to get done, things that I need to get accomplished, whatever it may be, problems that I have in business, whatever that may be. And so sometimes, right, I find myself in a space to where I'm not as present, okay? Mm. Not as present. And I'm just being real transparent here. And so what I what I what I do though what I do though is that all of the big major events that are taking place in my wife's life I have to be intentional about making sure that I am available to give her not only sound counsel through those moments make sure she's heard through those moments whether I give counsel or I'm just a listening board um and I make sure that I'm allowing her, like I'm an advocate for her. So I'm I'm a strong proponent of building building women up. Like I'm a I'm a like I'm going I'm listen. I'm gonna hype you up. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna here you are. Yeah 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 yeah, the yeah, yeah, yeah yeah yeah. I'm gonna be your cheerleader. So you ain't got to worry about it. And not only that, <clears throat> I'm not gonna be your cheerleader in a sense to where uh uh I'm gonna lead you astray though. I ain't gonna lie to you. I ain't gonna gas you on some shit that I know that. You ain't really, you don't really need to be doing or shouldn't be doing, but I will give you sound counsel in the cheer up. Does that make sense? Because it's a difference. Because I've I've heard a lot of uh people, they just they just boost people up, but it it be it, you know you get them ready to run into a brick wall and they ain't ready for that wall yet. You see what I'm saying? So I'm gonna give you sound cheer up. And my thing is, I feel like, bro, what has worked in my relationship, and I've been with my lady over ten years, uh, is. I'm just there in those vulnerable moments when she needs to be heard. And that, that works for us. Right. That's and, all women, boy. They need to be heard. What you talking about? <laughs> yeah, bro. Like she got to be heard and it don't be nothing, nothing deeper than that. Look, hear me out. Understand where I'm coming from. Value my perspective and whether it makes sense or not to me personally, I leave that yeah. part out. Because it, it ain't about me. Yeah. They just want to get off what's on their mind. Get off what's Absolutely. on their chest. Absolutely. Because I'm pretty sure what I'm to her, space. it may not make sense to her too sometimes. Yeah. Right? I want to say space. Absolutely. And, and a lot of a lot of a lot of men don't be providing no safe space either. You know, if you don't yeah. give your, your your woman an opportunity to speak and talk, again, like I said before, she can go talk to somebody else that's gonna sit there and listen. You know, you got to, I'm just being honest, but you got to be that person. If you're not this person willing to take time out to listen to your lady, your queen, your guy, whatever your situation you in, 
after a while, they're going to get tired, bro. Because they're going to let you know, like, I need to speak with you. I need to talk to you. If you that busy to not take the time out to talk to your spouse, I'm telling you, that's, that's how it starts. But, uh, but bam, what's your thoughts about that, man? We got to get to you. I have actually made the mistake before, you know, talking to the wrong person. But, you know, it, it's kind of, my parents have been married for 36 years. My brother and sister, like, they all in long-term relationships, like 20 plus. So instead of going to them, you know, I kind of was like, well, I ain't want to be biased. I'm going to go to my, my wife, mama. Ooh, why did I do that? Wasn't a good decision? <laughs> No, she was as toxic as she is. My wife told me, but I was like, nah, nah, it can't be like that. I started telling her, you know, a little bit of issues that we were having, and she said, I'm back, divorce her. Whoa. Whoa, whoa. Whoa, not the white mama said divorce her. The, the mother-in-law said that? She said divorce her. And I'm like, what? So I called my pops. I'm like, hey, man, look, this what happened. I called her. He was like, well, that's your fault. Why you go to her? She ain't got one successful relationship. <laughs> he said, uh, he said, do, do you go to your homeboys and ask them about business or you go to business people and ask them about business? He said, business people. He said, okay, learn from your from yourself. Don't uh, go to people who ain't qualified to answer questions. Wow. Mm. You know, that's a big thing, oh. That's a big thing. But I want to give Michelle thing. real quick because yeah, she got some red flags before she head out. Um, uh, because you have to leave at 8 30. Is that our 8 30, Michelle, or is that what, what's your 8 30? That's my 8 30 Eastern. So what, what, 730 what, yeah, can you that's give us minutes. those? Uh, are you able to give us those red flags? Sure, I can. I can share some. I mean, I think these are some signs that you want to look for that things may be going awry in your relationship, that there possibly could be you know, infidelity or something like that. So, you know, one thing you can look for is um, if your partner starts getting defensive when you ask questions, if you notice that the communication is starting to deteriorate, that there's less um, intimacy between the two of you. And I'm talking emotional intimacy in terms of sharing and being open. And, and one of you all just said something really important about making, creating a safe space for your woman to be able to share her feelings and, and validate her and be heard. If those kinds of conversations start to are diminished, there could be a problem there. So you want to pay attention to that. Um, certainly, another point is if there is a decline in sexual activity in the relationship compared to what it had been, um, take note and see what you need to do to try to fix that. Mm. Um, if you notice that your um, if there's any sort of inconsistencies in someone's, you know, what they're telling you that they're doing, let's say after work or whatever, take note that in traffic. Yeah. It's like, well, how much traffic? I mean, you know, is there because you've been taking the same route for the past five years. <laughs> that so, traffic was crazy, man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, you know, um, another sign is if your partner seems disengaged and doesn't even bother to let's say argue or disagree anymore mm. so there's there's a level of healthy um disagreement that's important for relationships as long as it's respectful right and no one's screaming and cursing calling you out of your name but that's a sign that your partner may be checking out and feeling like there's nothing that it's not even worth it anymore that's when you need to certainly go and uh, get help and you know, I think just ultimately you want to trust your your intuition, trust your, you know, your gut. And 
at the very first sign that something could be wrong, do something about it. Don't ignore the don't ignore the signs. Wow, that was that was that was that was that was some healthy tips. That was amazing. Yeah, that's yeah. a bad situation when you're not getting them cheeks when you want them by. Yeah, that's a bad bad situation, <laughs> but not just that. When the arguments, so so here's the thing though. She mentioned something that was real critical, and I don't know if people heard it. I don't want this to be over over overheard. Um, she mentioned the arguments when people stop wanting to argue. Mm. Now pay attention to this now. You know, because it's a it's a way to do argument healthy. Yeah. To disagree yeah. healthy. Can you give us some a little bit of more clarity on what you mean by what I guess what's that difference that you've seen from experience in healthy argument versus toxic argument? That's an excellent question. So one is um is is gaslighting. That's a, mm. a phrase that's commonly used, but what that looks like, how that shows up in a relationship is you're trying to explain what bothered you about whatever occurred. Your partner is dismissive. It's telling you it's on your head. They're saying things to you like you're, you overreact, you know, you're a drama queen um, or king. Um, and they're, they're diminishing your feelings and making it, it, you feel as though it's only you. Or they'll tell mm. you that, that that didn't really happen. I never said that. I didn't look at this woman that way. I didn't, you know, send this message, whatever. And so then you begin to question yourself, like, well, did that even happen? So that is a, a type of toxicity that you either need to get immediate help. And if your partner won't go to any kind of counseling, marriage counseling or whatever, you've got to make decisions to protect your own peace. Because I always say you cannot put a price tag on peace. And that's an unhealthy form. A healthy form of, of disagreement is one, when one person is silent and can listen to the other person without interruption. And then when the other person finishes speaking, you can respond to what they said, not bringing up every other excuse and every other issue that occurred over the past five years, but to stay on topic, respond to that and figure out if you can reach a mutual agreement on any kind of change behavior that can can address you know the issue that's being raised but you know that active listening um affirming validating acknowledging and apologizing if necessary is really a, a healthier way to disagree but you want to make sure that if, if you can't disagree if the disagreements include yelling and name calling and um diminishing you that's that's a toxic um relationship mm. Wow. Oh, that is well, well, we definitely appreciate you being here. We know it's your time to go. Uh, so we'll share your Instagram again. You know, I, we know you got another appointment to be on with another divorce. So <laughs> thank you all so much for having me. This has been great. We appreciate thank you. Okay. Thank you. I hope we see you again. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Yes, Bye -bye. Thank you. Are we going to commercial? Oh, you want to take us to commercial? Yeah, let's, let's go, yeah, man. We got a little quick right commercial break. We'll be right back to, to it. What's up, y'all? So most people struggle with sales. A lot of us in real estate, and we struggle with our sales. We struggle with follow, we struggle with leads, and we're just basically missing out on deals. For me, I just got on Taskify CRM. They send messages out for you. And look, a lot of us have work. When you get off of work, you have hot leads ready for you. Make sure you check out Taskify CRM. I'm telling you, it automatically replies for you. And look, it sends you multiple messages. Like we're talking about drip, drip campaigns, so you're not missing up on the lead follow-up. So make sure you check out Taskify CRM. Use coupon code NoStingyEnergy to get 10% off. 
I'm about to show y'all inside my CRM so I can see how it really works. Make sure y'all check it out. Peace. So, that was some good conversation, man. What was your thoughts about all that, Byron? I think that was some uh, good was insight good. for everybody here. If you in a relationship, if you're about to get in a relationship, you know, uh, surround yourself around people that's actually successful in their relationship. Uh, seek guidance from people that's successful, not people that look like they're successful, but they're really not. Um, what else we got? Uh, what else, Byron? Oh, it was a lot. Healthy arguments. Yeah, it was a lot. That was healthy that was arguments. Good. I ain't gonna lie. When I was younger, I was a gaslighter like a motherfucker, dog. <laughs> <laughs> you see what? Nah, you ain't see that. <laughs> I ain't even see that. What you talking about? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, bro. So you gotta be open and honest with yourself too. You know, I, I always think that's the first thing with anything. You gotta be honest about what you're doing, be honest about what's going on with yourself before you try to even get in a relationship with anybody. Yeah, fun. I was a gaslighting like a motherfucker, boy. Yeah. When she was saying that, I was like, damn, that was me. <laughs> Why would you gaslight her? Why not? I try to get out of my situation. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you gotta you gotta do to get out of that situation, boy. Out of that situation. So it was a it was a negotiation for you at that point. Oh, that's it. That's it. Well, when you're younger, man, you gotta be honest. As men, boy, if you get caught up or something, man, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> Hey man, I'm just I'm just here to keep it real, bro. I know I ain't the only one. I yeah, know yeah, I yeah. ain't the only one. I'm just the only one that's gonna be honest about it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, bro. That gave me flashbacks when you was saying that. Flashbacks. <laughs> you gaslight flashbacks. Hilarious. You ain't ever gaslight before, ever. Yeah, I've gas. I've gaslit. Yeah, I've done that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that that right there. Um, but I'll be honest with you. I'll be honest with you. I haven't done a lot of gaslighting in my current relationship. Oh, no, 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 no. Yeah. Oh, yeah, my current relationship, yeah, back in the day, though. Back in the day, though, back in the day. Yeah, yeah, yeah for sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. for sure. I was gaslighting like a motherfucker. High school, <laughs> college, shit. <laughs> Probably right after college, I ain't gonna lie to you. you I'm just here to keep, so, keep it real. You, I'm just trying you, to keep, you need whatever I gotta do, whatever I gotta do, I say to get this shit off my back, I'm gonna do it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, say, so I need peace. I need peace. That's it, man. I need so let, peace. Man. Let's transition, man, because we got a lot. Listen, <laughs> that lot was just our expert uh, uh, piece, but we have a lot of business to tackle in this. I don't even know if we're going to cover everything. Oh, might not, but it's all good. We can always yeah. come back with a part two, man. We can always come back with a part two. But, uh, you know, Al, I know you've been, you got a lot of business, you got a lot of things going on. How do you secure yourself in business partnerships? Because we got to talk about it. You know, I was, I was looking, doing some research, doing, looking at some notes. Seventy percent of business partnerships fail. So, how do you prepare yourself when going into a business partnership? What does that look like for you? Man, I, uh, paperwork and expectations are really important because there will be conflict. Uh, you have partners that uh, that don't deliver on you know, whatever expectations that they committed to, whether it's financially, whether it's from uh, operating, whatever the business is, whether it's a service business, whether it's a, uh, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's a real estate asset uh, and things of that nature. And then what do you do when, you know, everyone's supposed to be putting in the same capital contributions, but for some reason life happens. Somebody going through a divorce, somebody made a bad business deal and a business decision or a business deal on another project. So I would, you know, some advice I would give is, is 
you know, you want to have within your operating agreement that, you know, if it becomes uneven in capital, you know, you have a clause in there to where that capital can either be debt and the business has to pay you back with a certain interest or it can be converted into equity and a partner that is not putting in what they committed to financially, their percentages are being diluted. That is very, very common uh, in operating agreements, right? Uh, and I think that's really, really important because the operating agreement is what holds people accountable. At the end of the day, it's business and sometimes in partnerships, especially if you're doing it with friends, you're doing it with fraternity brothers, um, you know, sometimes emotions can get involved. And typically emotions in business, um, they really should not go hand in hand because I typically have made I don't think I've ever made a great decision w when acting in, uh, with the motion, right? Uh, I would probably say the majority of them have been bad or average decisions. They haven't been elite decisions anytime I make decisions uh, with the motion. So that's just kind of uh, my two cents is, is one, having the right corporate structure, and then and which means if, if it's an LLC, there are certain tax documents that's going to have to be filed but the operating agreement is really, really important. And I would tell you, focus on things that would go wrong so that it's in writing. That is typically with capital or that's with operating the business. One or the other, right? That's typically where partners get in disagreements at. So I'm supposed to be, I had a fraternity brother invest in a restaurant in Salt Lake, Utah. Uh, they did a Crab Kings. Right. I'm like Crab Kings and Salt Lake, Utah. OK, well, anyways, the guy that was supposed to be the operating partner, meaning the one that's supposed to be running the restaurant, uh, he got an extra equity in the business because he was going to be the one operating it. And he as a result, he had to put in less capital. Well, he was never there. Like, dude, you got extra equity in the business and you have to put in less capital in the business because you said you were going to be you had the most restaurant operating experience. And you committed to being in Salt Lake, getting the restaurant up and going. Well, he didn't do that because he had personal stuff going on. And as a result, their business failed. Right. So, you know, partnerships, it's a lot of things that go wrong with it. And I would also advise people, um, man, look at your partner's tax returns. If they can't show you their tax returns or afraid to show you their credit score, that may not be a partner that you want to do business with because you're going to end up picking up the slack. Uh, if they're just, you know, uh, not where they need to be financially or they're just not being completely transparent with you, right? It is, it is what it is. And just because someone has bad credit doesn't mean they, they wouldn't be a good partner. But I think transparency and being vulnerable with where you are and how you're going to help drive the partnership is really important. And at times, uh, people will become egotistical in partnerships, right? And I, I think that's a bad thing. I think transparency and vulnerability is always the, the perfect place to start a partnership so you know exactly what you're getting into. Man, you said a whole lot right there. Good insight right there. That, that's some good information. You said that. that tax, well, I, I'm tax, just being honest. I, 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 man, I, um, it, I, I cannot get my taxes done until October of every year, and that's because of all the partnerships I'm involved with. Some have been elite. Some have been piss poor. I will be completely honest. And some of that is with me being a limited partner, right? I'm talking about like a, li a limited partner on a, on a syndication, whether it's an apartment complex and things of that nature and not getting dividends when you're supposed to get them 
or development deal or just whatever, uh, any other business. I mean, initially my trucking business that I don't talk a lot about, we're doing great now, but man, that was rocky. And, and that one, we had 10 different owners at the time, all business Damn. owners and successful in their own, own different businesses. So capital wasn't a problem, but who was willing to sacrifice time to get the logistics company going to where it needed to be, right? Now, now you know, the trucking company probably do about $20 million in sales. Uh, uh, well, that's what we're projecting in 2024. And then last year we did about, ooh, a little over 14 million, right? Well, I'll tell you three, four years ago, we were only doing 2 million in sales. So it's been a significant amount of growth. People had to take a step back and let the people that, that was gonna put the time in run, operate the, uh, the business. You can't, everybody can't be a chief, man. No matter if you're a chief in your own tribe, Sometimes you got to sit back and be an Indian, uh, you know, depending on what the model is, right? And I said, well, and once we kind of figured that out, the business has been, has really, really taken off. So I got a question now. If you can, take us back to your first business partnership that you had. Um, <laughs> yeah. how, how was that set up? Did you walk in there, hey, man, I like you, you're cool, let's go ahead and do this business together, or you had all this knowledge that you have now, like, because I'm sure people here may be looking to get in a partnership, but they don't have the knowledge that you're speaking of. So take us back to that first partnership. How was that structured? How I'll it went? Take you back to my first two partnerships. I, I think that's important because they play off one another and completely two different businesses. So my first partnership was with my, my first and second partnership was with my line brothers, right? And for people that know I'm a capital, that's not the reason I got on red today. I just got on red today. Anyways, um, well, you know, I, the first business I started with was the entertainment business, um, and we were promoters. It was called Cloud9 Entertainment. We were still in college at Texas State, and we would throw parties in Austin. So much at an elite level, uh, we started getting contacted from, you know, different uh, concert promoters to help promote their concerts if they were having issues moving tickets. So... Um, we made decent money doing it, but I think anyone that's been in the, the party promoting business understands that, man, that's a, um, that business is, uh, can be dynamic, but it's not good on relationships. And then secondly, when you're doing it in college, that's probably not a long-term thing because some people are going to spread off and, and do our own thing. And so that one was just, uh, I won't say it failed, it fizzled out. Uh, we were in college when we did it. We did it for about a year and a half. The first concert we promoted, we got a nice sizable check. The radio station in Austin called us down. They had a promoter out of Cali that was having issues promoting Angie Stone and Anthony Hamilton when he was when he had Charlene. So we did a couple of uh, pop-up events for him. Uh, got a lot of excitement, advised them that they needed to buy radio advertising, not just in Austin, but also in San Antonio. Of course, we wanted 20 or 30 free tickets. They did that, and we were able to help them uh, fill out that concert. But once we started graduating, we all just kind of fizzled off and did our own thing. I moved to Houston. Two of my line brothers, actually, the, my other three line brothers uh, stayed in Austin, and, and, and so we ended up doing our own thing. So then we parlayed that and said, you know what? We had decent success throwing parties and, prom and promoting events. And at that time, we didn't have an operating agreement. It was just an LLC, and we split everything between 5%. So now we said, okay, we made some money in college. It was cool. 
but let's take it up a notch. We all have a interest in real estate. I'd actually got my real estate license my senior year in college. They had got their real estate license. So we said, hey, let's start a real estate company and we called it Move Craze Apartment Located, okay? We said just the way that we promoted our Cloud9 business as far as entertainment, we're gonna use the same grassroots marketing, really getting, and social media had just, you know, Facebook, that was, this is 0405, so Facebook was kind of still new, man. And promoting on text messages was kind of a new concept. You actually had to be out there shaking hands, kissing babies. It was just a different marketing uh, tactic back then. So we started Move Crates Apartment and uh, Apartment Locators. Man, we promoted it the same way that um, we did with the entertainment business, but this is why this business failed. At that time, you know, um, I'm, I'm at that, I think at that time I was uh, a district sales leader at PepsiCo. Uh, my, uh, my five club, Jason was a, um, a financial analyst at Dell. My line brother, Chad was, you know, still been a professional student. He didn't graduate, uh, until later. And then Troy was doing his thing at Frito-Lay. Um, and then Rob was an energy trader. So we are all in different we're all in different, we're starting our careers, right? So everyone couldn't work to promote the business. And it was really me, Rob, and Troy doing all the promoting because Houston was our biggest hub. We did some business in Austin, half of us was in a house and half of us was in Houston. And so what we felt at is we did a phenomenal job marketing it. We, you know, we're real cool with, uh, you know, I, I Kim and everyone at in the, uh, in the mix. We got so much demand for our apartment locating services. So much so that we didn't have the infrastructure to service it. We weren't getting back to, to uh, customers on time. I mean, our, our second week of launching, we had about 50 inquiries for apartment locating. And it's just, you know, people was putting their job first and no one was really focused on helping the business propel. And so there was a lot of resentment because you had a lot of people doing more work than others. The people in Houston was the one doing all the marketing and the people in Austin did a little bit, but they weren't really doing the back end stuff. So that business ended up failing because we, you know, you could market all day, but if you can't service the customers that you're marketing to, you won't have customers long. And I think we did that for about a year and a half. Um, I think collectively we probably made about a hundred thousand and it just went flat just because we weren't using software. We was just, man, we just weren't set up properly from an operational standpoint to, uh, take care of the customer and no one wanted to put their career on hold to put their effort and focus into the business and it ended up failing, but I learned a lot out of those two failures, right? You can't do business with all your line, bro. Secondly, everyone, someone got to be committed to operating the business, man. If they're not, then it probably doesn't make any sense to go into business together because no one's going to really take accountability and ownership for the results. People can put in money, you know, and say, hey, we'll just figure it out. But it's not the way to operate a business. Mm, I think a lot of people go into business like that. A lot of people go into business partnerships part time and one person not full time. Like you, you were saying with that seafood restaurant, the guy that was supposed to be full time, we ain't wasn't even full time. Yeah. 
So you know? I, I think I think you're setting yourself up for failure if you go into partnership and everyone that's in the partnership is a side hustle for them. That is a recipe yeah. for disaster. Somebody has to be 100% committed to being in the day-to-day and they may be able to supplement that by putting in less capital because they're in the day-to-day, but somebody got to be in the day-to-day. If not, that, that business is going to fail 100% of the time. You might as well just invest passively as a real estate. Uh, if you're an accredited investor or a sophisticated investor, you might as well just invest passively and do things like that versus everyone, you know, starting a business and it's everybody's side hustle. I agree with that. That was one of my biggest lessons, man. So anytime I'm looking at evaluating the partnership, that's one of my hot buttons is who's going to operate it. Because I know I, I mean, my it ain't going to be you. Man, I don't have the capacity. If I'm going to be in a partnership, it's going to probably be with capital. Unless it's something I'm genuinely passionate about and I'm finding the time to um, to take that away from another, you know, because there's only so many hours in a day. So if you're going to commit to something, you're taking for somewhere else. And if it's not a big enough priority for me to take from somewhere else, then I, I just got to invest on the passive side, right? That's just fear. I like it. I like it. I like it. So let's talk about the top five reasons why most business partnerships fail. We could break down each one. I, I'm sure buying real good at this. Partnerships with similar skill sets is number one. So what's your thoughts about that, buying when it comes to business partner? I'm going to break down all five that we can break down. Uh, each one partnerships with similar success with skill with similar skill sets, unequal efforts, power tussles, different motivations, and an absence of success. So, so Byron, talk about the partnerships with similar skill sets. Why doesn't that make a good business partnership? Because a lot of people think, you know, uh, my friend pretty good at the same thing I'm good at. I think we'll be a pretty good business partners. But really, that's the worst partnership you can do. So, if you can, uh, Byron, break that down. Yeah, that's that's a great one. I think when I hear that we have similar skill sets in a business, what I what, what that sounds like to me or what, what kind of red flags ring off to me is that I got in a business with a friend of mine that I relate to and we're good friends and we think we can do business together. And uh, I'm, I'm uh, listen, if you think you're successful, your successful partnerships are going to be successful because you have a great friendship with somebody. You, I, I believe that's probably one of the fastest ways to set yourself up for failure um, in business, right? Than anything else, right? Your best partnerships typically are going to be partners that are different from you, that bring different things to the table, right? And you need to you need to look at those differences, those differences and what they bring to, to the table as an asset. Not them being different from you and having a different perspective from you and that being uh, a, a catalyst for for um, for for division and 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 fighting. Right. When you when you when you aren't mature enough to be able to work with somebody that's completely different from you or bring a different set of skill sets to you uh, to the partnership, you're in trouble. Another key piece, core values. I believe every partnership that is successful needs to operate off a certain set of core values and let the core values be the guiding uh, uh, light of the business and then allow those differences in y'all's abilities to work together be be celebrated because y'all still operate with the same core values. Y'all agree on those, 
but the 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 differences in the way that y'all relate with each other um uh those things need to be v- viewed as assets because you need to bring different things to the table does that kind of answer that question i would love to get bam bam and and uh and and alien on this as well if we can yeah i agree i agree with everything you said uh so you got to partner with somebody that 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 typically Bring something that the business needs that you lack because y'all can't be doing the same thing. Like, what's the reason for me partnering with you? We both doing the same thing. It don't make sense. Uh, another thing, you got to have good communication with that person. That person don't have good communication. It'll be hard to operate that business. Like, if I'm texting you and calling you, it take me like three, four times to to hit you up just to get you on the phone. Me personally, I don't think that's a good partnership because if we actually have a business together and I can't get in touch with you, if this is an emergency. You know, we got we to gotta solve this issue. If I'm making the decision by myself, you may not be happy with the decision that I'm making. But you can't blame that on me because you're not picking up the phone. You get what I'm saying? I think me and Byron was talking about it yesterday. Thanks. Like, you can't get mad at me for trying to make decisions for us if you, can't, if you can't answer the phone. If you can't reply to a text message within, you know what I'm saying, five, six hours, at the end of the day, the business got to go on. I got I to gotta make the decision. So I think I agree with what you said, Brian. What's your thoughts about that, Al? Nah, man, I, I, I agree with you on that, Dan. I think, uh, you know, there are a couple of partnerships where, um, you know, I might just buy a partner out, um, you know, or, uh, you know, equity, uh, exercise my debt position into an equity position and then just operate it because they've been underperforming. And I got in the partnership to be passive, but if we're not – if if the project ain't what it's doing what it needs to do, then I'm just gonna roll my sleeves up and get the work done. And if that's gonna take effort from somewhere else, I'm gonna, you know, turn that effort into uh, that effort into equity. So communication is really really important, especially when a project or business is not going the way that it needed to. You know, communication is is vital because you got to figure out why. And if you have a partner that's passive or not as active. Because that's what y'all agreed to. You got to communicate what the challenges are so y'all can collectively come with solutions, right? And I just think that's just super, super important, man. I, you know, and I, I'll say this. I've, I've been in my day in probably nine partnerships. And the first two failed miserably. And those were with my, with my line brothers, right? I've had real estate partnerships go well, some not so much. And then I've had a logistics company that was super, super rocky. And we figured it out, you know, like, hey, everybody can be a chief. We, you're, you're all successful in your own different industry and different businesses. The capital one, the problem is just everyone got an opinion. Every 10 people can have an opinion and you think that a company is going to be efficient. It's not a, a large conglomerate. You got to, we got to have to narrow down some of the decision makers, right? Um, but communication is key. And then, and, and when you start being involved in a lot of partnerships, that's all you really have is communication. If you're on the passive side of some of them, just because it's just so many times, uh, it's only so many hours in a day. So I agree with that. I think the core value is something that I'm probably going to implement. Uh, I've always done that in businesses that I own by myself, but not, not necessarily in partnerships. So I think that's an interesting take from Byron. And it's something that I'm definitely going to start incorporating because I think you can talk about what your philosophies are, but to just have them written down and to have them, you know, part of your culture in a partnership, I think is super, super important. I've always done that again. And like in all of my state farm or insurance agencies, 
you know, we have our core values, but I own them exclusively. I don't have partners into that. So I've never really, and I don't know why, I think it's kind of, it's crazy I haven't done that, but incorporating core values uh, in the partnerships, I think that's a dope concept. I like that, man. I like that. Another key thing is is power struggles. I'm sure everybody experienced that. Power tussles, like uh, ego, attention. Like, let's just say the business is doing well. They shout out maybe one person and not both people. You know, a lot of people get uh, insecure about that. They feel like, oh, man, nobody's saying my name. What's going on? Uh, ego, like people want to be the man. People want to be the face. You know what I'm saying? So, uh, that's a huge issue in business. Uh, Byron, you ever experienced something like that? I have. Or, um, or, uh, yeah, yeah, I have. You I mean, know, let me ask this. this. I, I think this is, <laughs> I'll say this, right? Because I think this is important, man. And I think this is going to help some people today. It might piss some people off, but it's, I think it's going to help. Talk about piss it. them off, man. Yeah. Piss them off. No, no, I mean, here's what I'm saying, right? And, and, and let me be very clear. And I'm speaking to the audience. I am not representing O'Neill. I am not representing Byron, right? However, what I would say is this. Just because somebody got a lot of social media followers, that does not make them a good partner. That mm. does not even make them a successful business person, period. That, that just means they point. got a lot of followers. Because if you look at my IG, shit, I don't have a lot of followers. You yeah, look that's at my profiles, I don't, that's what I'm saying. Y'all thought I was catfishing. When I first met y'all about three years ago, right? <laughs> social media, I mean, that's something that I know is I'm, that's a weakness of mine. It's not that I don't, I'm not on social media. It's just that, damn, I only have so much time. I really need to allocate, you know, outsource that and have somebody else do it and kind of figure out how I'm going to just shoot more content. But that's never been uh, in the insurance space that helps, but it doesn't, I mean, I, I've been successful without it, but, you know, I do understand the significance of the importance of it. So I think sometimes when people look into getting into business partnerships, they look at how many followers somebody has and thinks that, hey, man, they're going to be a phenomenal partner. They can be, but that, don't make it, that doesn't mean that they will be, right? And obviously, they have influence that's important. They have a platform that's important, but that don't mean they're a sound business person. That don't mean that y'all are going to work well together. So I think you got to really, really dig deeper when they into going into those business relationships. I just wanted to share that. Uh, be back to you because I know you were going to, uh, you were going to, uh, you know, say answer O'Neill's question. But I just wanted to make sure people kind of wrote that down. Like, hey, just because somebody got sixty thousand followers, whatever, that don't mean they're going to be a good business person. That's you really got to dig deep and make sure y'all are aligned. And, and, and just uh, to highlight that too, uh, to add to that, listen. People who are good with social media are typically good marketers. Marketers, that's yeah, that, that, that's a different skill set. So you got people who are phenomenal at business, but they just may not do well at personal, meaning personal branding and marketing. That's a separate skill set. Some people excel at it. Some people are terrible at it. Um, but it, it, it doesn't necessarily correlate at all to how, the, how, how good their business acumen is. Um, so I just wanted to highlight that. Thank you for even adding that. Yeah. Um, yeah. but oh, I want to pass it to you first, and then I want I want to I want to jump in on that question. If you don't I mind. was gonna pass it back to you, but uh, no, uh, what I wanted to ask you was we can basically break down like how we operate in this business right here. Like when it comes to like 
I don't have an ego. I don't I don't care. You know what I'm saying? I know Byron the same way. Like with this show right here, basically the face of this show is Byron. It's not me. Because Byron is a better speaker. He, he comes with the with the facts. He you know what I'm saying? He likes he's long winded more than I am. That's that's not my specialty. <laughs> I'll be honest, I don't like attention, I don't like talking. <laughs> and I was a Harvard researcher in school. So I'm getting better at all that to add more value to the show, but at the end of the day, Byron is the face of it. I'm cool with that. You know what I'm saying? But there's a lot of other things that I do that people don't see, and I don't. I'm not on here being like, I did that, I did that. Man, it is what it is. I'm here for to add value to the people. So, you know, Byron, if you can, if you can talk about that too, go ahead. Yeah, I'm glad you put that out there because I ain't, I ain't even know you felt that way. So I'm, I'm, I'm hearing it too. But I never even looked at myself as the face of anything myself personally. I just looked at it as, look, how can we add? My, my premise is always, how can we add the most amount of value? to the people that we're looking to serve right so i'm not gonna come up here right i me personally these are just things that i've just learned through uh uh dealing with people if i'm gonna be here i want to be here in excellence right so that's my standpoint i if i'm gonna be here i'm gonna be here in excellence and i'm going to provide data i'm gonna provide facts I'm not going to tell you about just what I think and what I feel and expect you to be like, yo, okay, shout out to him. No, I'm going to tell you based on the facts. Um, In terms of uh, uh, ego, right, the ego piece, I don't approach business. I don't approach any of this stuff with ego whatsoever. Zero percent. Matter of fact, one thing I do like about O'Neal, one thing I like about O'Neal and myself, O'Neal has what I call true confidence, true confidence. Like, and what I mean by true confidence is, is that, that he doesn't need me to validate him for him to feel confident in his own skin. And I'm the same way. I don't, my confidence is not geared towards what compliments you give me. They're not geared towards what you uh, you know, if you try to tell me or gas me up, that ain't that ain't where my confidence come from. My confidence comes from me being integral to myself, me showing up when I said I was going to show up, me calling you back when I said I was going to call you back, uh, me doing the business that I said I was going to do with you. Right. Me paying you when I said I was going to pay you. That's me. That's where my confidence comes from. And I know that, oh, his confidence is not, it doesn't come from a a, a place of arrogance and self-promotion. It comes from, he's confident in his own skin. And I don't want to be speaking for O on that, but that's what kind of vibe (laughs) I get from him. You know what I mean? And that's why I think we do well together because we ain't coming to none of this from an ego space. It's coming from a place of, look, how can I serve? How can we be great and show up in excellence? You know what I'm saying? And, and provide the maximum amount of value to the people that we're looking to serve. And that's it. What's your take? Yeah. yeah, you ain't lying. Like, I don't need validation from nobody. I know what I can do. I know what I'm good at. I know what I'm not good at. And when it comes to ego, I really don't have any. Like, I tell my students the same thing. Like, you, if you got a problem, call me. I'm not the type to be like, man, don't call me. I'm, you know, pay me to call me. Like, bro, it is what it is. I, at the end of the day, I want to see people at their best self. I want to add value to people. Uh, and that's pretty much it. Like when it comes to, to this show, things I'm good at, things I'm not good at, I'm gonna let you know. Like I'm not about to act like I'm good at something just to, so I can, you know, get more attention or more eyes or more views. You know what I'm saying? I'm not that type of person. So 
uh yeah you pretty much hit the nail on the head though you know at the end of the day we we're here to come together and add as much value to the people as possible as much as possible and uh i don't feel you got an ego either and that's and that's how i think we work together yeah so I don't, well, I don't, you know like if we got ideas you know you'd be like yeah that idea trash okay cool. yeah to the <laughs> i don't get it in my feels like yeah you know yeah. look we, we at the end of the day we gotta do we gotta we gotta listen at the end of the day business, best of the people man yeah so I want to hear Al. I got, I got one more thing to add. I got yeah. one more thing to add. The reason why me and you work and most people don't, we both consistent. That's a fact. Like, I'm saying with this show right here, three years consistently. Like, I'm talking about we both got married. We was on the show. We, we just out of town. We was on the show. We was on vacation. We still on the show. You know what I'm saying? A lot of people do not show consistency. A lot of people give a reason why they can't do it instead of why they can do it. And the things that we both share is we figure out how we can do it. And we don't, we're not trying to figure out ways why we can't show up. We always showing up no matter what's going on. And they don't have too many people that that's going to do that. That's a fact. And I commend us both for that. Yeah, 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 absolutely. (laughs) I commend both of y'all for that. Y'all are hella consistent. That's a fact. Yeah, What's your take on the ego piece, uh, Al? And I, I see we got Bam back too. Um, yeah, man, I, uh, that's a big reason why uh, I think partnerships don't don't work. I've never, um, you know, I might banter, but I've never been one to have a, a huge ego, especially in partnerships. Uh, a lot of the partnerships, I just really want to sit back and let, depending on the partnership, let the operating partner do wh- what they do, right? Um, I think, I think ego is important when, like, prime example, Byron, I don't look at you as egotistical at all, but I do know you got enough ego in you, though. You're like, fuck that. I'm that guy. I'm going to make sure that this is going to be successful. I'm going to do whatever it takes. So I look for ego, but in the sense of I'm going to do what it takes to win because I'm confident in my ability to deliver. I want to partner with people like that. When ego gets bad is when you an individual thinks that they know everything, they're not coachable, they don't accept feedback. That's when ego becomes an issue, right? Ego to overcome failure is important, but ego to not be coachable to always think that you're right leads to failure. So I think it's a healthy balance. That's my take on that. Facts. Facts. I want I want to I want to get uh Bam 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 Bam. Have you ever dealt with partnership and ego issues, um, either yourself or with partnership? <laughs> uh, I ain't had many partners. My partner been my wife, and I can say we have had times where it's kind of harder you to you know address issues, but we had to get over that part where it's like husband and wife, and we had to get more towards like business partners because. At one point, I knew if I said something she wasn't doing right, I might not, you know, I ain't getting no cookies. <laughs> yeah. No Need them cookies. Need yeah, them cookies. Yeah. <laughs> the whole business for them cookies, huh? You... Yeah. yeah. But, but I also had times where she would tell me something, I'd be like, man, you ain't telling me. She's like, you ain't telling me nothing. I ain't listening to that. So it can't get to you, but it wasn't until we both, you know, start listening to each other and taking each other more serious, holding each other accountable that we started growing and you know actually getting stuff done mm. i love that i love that 
What yeah, man. Oh, go ahead. So they got two more. They got uh, different motivations and then absence of success. The different motivations would be like, you know, what's the reason you even want to get in this business? Is it just for money? Is it for change? Is it is it to, for attention? What is what is the exact reason why you want to get in this business? So for like me and Byron, we both in this media thing is to shrinking the wealth gap in the black community. Because at the end of the day, we spend the most money and own the least amount. Like our net worth is trash in the dumpster. And we both have the same value for that. Of course, at the same time, we've been doing this for three years, never got paid. At, the, at this point, yeah, we're trying to get some money. We're trying to figure out how can we monetize what we're doing. Because this does take a lot of time. We on this for like three hours. For now it's two days a week. We did this for five days a week. We went down to three days a week. Now we're two days a week. So we can provide a more quality show for the viewers. It's actually more than the, the hours that we hear because we it's the preparation yeah. hours too. But yeah, we just talking about the live hours. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? We we live three hours. You know that's taken away from our main business, and basically we're just doing this for free. So now we're at the point we both think in the same way. We need to figure out how can we monetize and still give people the best value possible. What's your thoughts about that when it comes to motivation? I mean, uh, the yeah, reason so, why you so, so again, I'm gonna always go back to traction. Um, that's where I have you know gained a lot of my business acumen from a systems standpoint. I believe you know, understanding those core values, understanding your core focus is critical, and I think it's critical to every single year or quarter if you have to revisit that VTO. So you can get back in alignment with where, and a VTO is a vision traction organizer. What that allows you to do is get back in alignment with what your core focus is. And, you know, it also holds that a person accountable, right? You said that you wanted this. You said that you wanted this. Do you still want this or do you want something different? And then we can have an open and honest conversation as to whether or not you know, we need to be talking about moving forward in this partnership or we need to be talking about how we can divide assets and move in a different direction in this partnership. All of those discussions are on the table at any given time. But I think revisiting those core values, revisiting that core focus and the passion, all of those things, having that written. Don't just put that in your head and assume that people are on the same page. They're not. We're two different people. Just like how you will go through a situation with your wife or go through a situation with your husband and they may respond to you from a trauma that took place at five years old. Right. And you thinking, wait a minute, where is this coming from? Right. The same thing takes place in business partnerships. So you need to write that stuff down so you can go back and refer to it and say, hey, look, this is what we said we were on the same page on. Right. Are we still on that same page? And if we're not on that same page, what can we do about it to fix it? If it's not fixable, we need to be talking buyout. If it is fixable, we need to be talking about how can we get you back on track? Yeah. So I think I think uh, clarity of focus and documentation is critical when you are moving in partnership, I think it's more important even when you're moving in partnership because now you have two people that need to be held accountable. And if you want the maximum amount of productivity, both people need to be rowing in the same direction. 
If not, you're going to have different people rowing in different direction. You'll think that you're getting something accomplished, but you're really only accomplishing uh, organized chaos that ain't really working in the same direction. And organized chaos, even though it sounds uh, uh, like it can work in theory, in reality, a lot of times it just it just it just works backwards. So you need to be working succinctly. And how you do that is you write that stuff out, talk about it and move forward. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. Hey, man, make sure if you're liking the content, make sure you like the video, man. Like the video. That'd be much appreciated. We got Don in the building, man. What's going on, Don? Good morning, guys. Listen, you guys are uh, uh, O'Neill, Byron, um, already. The first of all, let me say this going into the new year. Um, I hate your hairline. I, I hate I hate your hairline right now. So I'm just letting you know that. But I love you guys, but hate the hairline. <laughs> okay, so let's let's get that out right now. But when you said I was listen, I was content to stay in the background and you know and, and listen in. But when you start talking about the time that you spend here. Uh, giving out great value. And now, you know, because the Bible says your gifts will make room for you. Okay. Mm. And, uh, and if you, and if you work, you should eat. So this is what I'm saying is that uh, thank you very much for what you're doing. And, and you're, you're so right that we should look to see how we can continue to serve. And as we continue to serve, um, then, you, you know, your, your income knows no limits based on not what you're trying to get, but what you're trying to give. And that's going to work also in relationships. So as you uh, as you talking about relationships here, um, if you focus on what you can give, then you won't have to worry about what you're going to get. And I think it was it was well it was well said that um, trying to make these decisions, when everything is going well is going to be the best time to make the decisions because if somebody messes up in the relationship now trying to make an equitable or right decision is going to be extremely difficult if you can do it at all okay so now's the time to talk about those things talk about the what ifs even if it's unlikely that that uh, what if will happen mm. I love it. Definitely agree with that. Definitely agree with that. Uh, let's see. I know Al got to go real, real quick, man. If you don't mind, we got two minutes. <laughs> you got two more minutes, man, before you go. Can you talk about before you leave the protection in a partnership? I guess, would it be a key man policy, a trust, just anything that you can give us for the last two minutes real quick? Well, um, I do these quite often, especially with, uh, you know, a lot of real estate investors or high network individuals or they just have a high-functioning partnership, um, a, a, a key man policy um, is really vital. And, and the reason why, when that business starts to acquire assets and, you know, things happen, you know, what if a partner passes? Do, does the surviving partner want to be in business with that person's wife or their children? You know, and, and so what typically happens is that's written within the operating agreement. But however, uh, life insurance is brought by the business and put on all the partners. And that dollar amount goes to the, the partner's estate uh, 
in reference of their equity being brought out of the business, right? There are a lot of ways that it can be structured. Those are, by, you got buy sell that you have it in buy sell agreements. You have it in, in partnership agreements to where there is a life structured or some type of mechanism to where if one of the partner passes, you it's are right. agreeing to sell, um, oh. you know, that partner's equity at whatever valuation. And that's typically funded by the life insurance policy, right? That's typically what, you know, what's uh, kind of in buy sell agreements or when they're triggered uh, at the demise of a partner. So I think um, the more assets that a business has, if you don't like your partner's spouse or you don't like your partner's kids or you maybe you love them, you just don't want to do business with them. Uh, I think that's a, a great way to protect your, uh, protect the business and to make sure that parties that you don't want in the business uh, is brought out of the business. And you can do that at the cost of the business funding the policy. Highly recommend it when people start getting some major assets or the, the, or the business has some, some serious capital from years of operating. Love it, love it, man. I just wanted to get a little bit more value from you before you, before you bounced out, but we definitely appreciate your time today, man. Hey, enjoyed it, man. Great show. Let me know if y'all need anything else, Kings. Looking forward to uh, making some money in 2024 together, man. Absolutely. Yes, sir. Uh, yes, sir. Uh, Later. So, Mr. Don, man, what kind of partnerships have you had? You had any partnerships go bad or, or what? Oh, Lord, have mercy. Are they always good? Listen, you don't want me to go down that road. But I tell you what, um, I can tell you a book uh, that helped me to get out of a bad partnership. What's that book? I that, love to see that. Okay. That book is, um, um, let me see. Uh, uh, don't, um, don't Split the Difference. Mm. You know what I'm talking about? Okay. It's, it's, it's a book on negotiate on negotiation. Never split the difference. Never split the difference. That's it. Mm -hmm. Never split the difference. And um, that that whole idea of getting people to negotiate against themselves. Perfect. All right. Read the book. Understand what I'm talking about, because people were trying to get me to pay them for me to leave the partnership because I was doing most of the work. And uh, so when they said, well, you know, they get, gave me uh, what they wanted. And then I basically said, well, I can see you have a lot of time uh, put into that, but how can I do that? And when you ask, how can I do that? Then they start offering all types of ideas for you <laughs> on how you could do that. And then when I hear it, then I, I would just say it again. Yeah, but based on this, this and this, how can I do that? Uh, and then when they give you an automate ultimatum and saying, we need this answer by so-and-so. As soon as they move that date one time, you know you got them. Mm. You don't have to worry about them anymore. But read that book on negotiation. Uh, never split the difference. Um, and maybe you can put a link up or something to it. But uh, um, that that will help you. Uh, keep your keep your mind straight when you're trying to get out of a bad partnership. And the other thing about a bad partnership, folks, is when people tell you who they are, you know what I'm getting ready to say, right? <laughs> Believe them the first time. Believe. Yeah. It doesn't get better. Trust me on that. When people it let you work. know who they are, then believe them 
and don't hope that it's going to get better. You're just going to stay too long in a bad relationship. Wow. Give us an example of what you're talking about when people show you who they are. Give us an example oh, well, what they look oh, like. Okay. <laughs> um, you may not know this, but in 2017, um, I contracted sepsis. And uh, sepsis has a 50% mortality rate. So um, I was in the hospital on a ventilator for five days and didn't know if I was going to be able to get off of that thing. Okay. Wow. And I'll, I'll, I'll send you the pictures. <laughs> uh, but um, so when I was on the recovery, the business partners came to see me in the hospital and didn't talk about how they can help my wife if something happens to me. They wanted that part of the business that I control just in case something happened to me. Wow. Okay. And I had enough presence of mind. So uh, hold on, you were you was basically knocked out, but you could hear what they were saying. Well, no, no, I was, I was. Uh, that's what, what, what after I after I came out of the coma. All right, after I came gotcha. out of the coma, I was recovering, and they came to see me. Gotcha. But they weren't talking about how they can support. They were trying to uh, get me to say, "Well, you guys take over from here." But I didn't I didn't relinquish control of what I had control over in that partnership. And I let it go on too long after that, especially when I let somebody uh, I let one of the partners close a couple of deals for me that I was uh, that I was involved in before I went into the hospital. And and they they claimed half the commission. All the work was done. All the people had to do was sign the paperwork and send in the money. And they wanted Man. to have a commission on, on those. Uh, and that's when I, I should have known um, that, yeah, this is not going to, this is not going to work. It just, it just got progressively worse after that. So they showed you who they was basically when they was having those conversations in the hospital. And especially when they said, I deserve half of these commissions for this, for these signatures. Exactly. Because <laughs> that's when, like, when you're in the hospital when you should be getting more va more money because you're in a a, a financial situation. I'm not gonna say a financial situation, but yeah, you know, you laying down in a coma. Yeah, and I'm sure you at that moment you needed the money more than them. That my, that's my point. That's my point. And, and, and I, you know, <laughs> you know, I'm thinking if you're in the hospital and your family, you know, because they, my my family was dependent upon my income. And now, if if the if the situation were reversed, his I would be looking to see how can I close some of these deals that you have on the table so your family can continue to eat. Mm. That's not what happened. And I should so, have listened to that. So when that happened, like what? How did it feel internally? Oh man, it like was what was going through your mind? Like, damn, this dude greedy. Like, ain't the type of person I want to do business with. Break that down for us. Well, exactly. Went, you know, it, I went it, through a situation, but go ahead. Really? Okay. Well, it, it it happened exactly that that way. Those feelings came up, and you what what you try you know what you try to tell yourself is that, yeah, um, you want to give people, you know, the benefit of the doubt, and see if 
things are going to get better. Maybe this was just a one-off, all right? But, um, I and to, to understand and let people tell you who they are is not the same as not forgiving. You can forgive someone, but you don't have to work with them. Does that make sense? Yeah. You should be able to forgive someone, but you don't need them to put their feet underneath your table. Gotcha. Okay. So you can forgive them and move on. You ain't got to do business with them. Exactly. You can forgive them and move on. You don't have to do business with them because uh, they're telling you the kind of business people they are. And then I should have understood that. But you know what? It was a learning process. Uh, I learned from that. And now I know what to look out for and how to enter into business relationships on a a clearer level, you know, and then uh, look out for, you know, look out for those red flags. And uh, when you see a red flag, please (laughs) obey the first time. Yeah. Obey that red flag because, oh, listen, the other thing is, um, you know when when people say trust your gut, yeah, and the old folks say I, I should have obeyed my first mind, yeah, that's the that's the Holy Spirit talking to you. Oh, mm. really? Oh yes, that's the Holy Spirit. You gotta break that down, man. You brought it up. You gotta break it down, man. Well, well see, here's the thing: see, we have we we we're, we're basically spiritual beings, and what you guys talk about is. How do you download information from the universe to be able to do the work that you do? Mm. Okay. Where does all of that come from? And when you look at where all of that comes from, you're saying um, the, the information I need to do better in business already exists. So the genius of who you guys are already exists. You're just waiting for it to be manifested inside you. So as as God is trying to download information into you, listen to it. You know, trust that. Because how many times, how many times have you gone against that feeling and it worked out right? Mm. Not often. Not often. (laughs) That off. So that feeling that you have gotten it that that's that that says, you know, this just isn't right. But you mm. go against it, I'm telling you, it works out bad more times than not. So learn how to, and then you can get better at it. Now, the other thing, um, I I, I um let me see, there was one other thing that you guys talked about. Maybe it'll come back to my mind, but you get better at things. Don't think that you're naturally good at business. Don't think you're naturally good at relationships. Don't think that you're naturally good at anything. You can get better at leadership. You can get better at business. You can get better at things. So um, most people think, I I believe, that um, you you guys are born business people. Now, would you would you say, knowing your background, would you say that you are born business people, 
or would you say that you have developed skill sets? Absolute development. I mean, look at this. I mean, we're doing a podcast now. We've never done any. I've never done anything in this realm of talk. Like, I've never done anything in this realm. Mm-hmm. Oh, no. have you done anything in this realm? No. Now, I've done speaking engagements, different things of that nature, right? Um, but even that was not, it was based on the things that I did. So I was invited places because I was good at real estate. Uh, but I was invited to speak about it because of those things. But it was never me thinking that I was going to be some speaker or anything of that that sort. It was just, you know, and even this, we've gotten better at it and I'm still looking to get better at it. We have mentors in this space now as we transition to YouTube. We're learning how to do this better. Uh, right. It's not the same as Clubhouse, right? No, no, no it's <laughs> so, not. You know, I, I'm, I'm looking to do the same. Um, we've been uh, simulcasting to um, YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn for two This is going on our third year. And so we're doing less and less on Clubhouse and doing more and more in this space. And um, uh, we're on three days a week. We've just transitioned into doing replays on Wednesdays and doing live shows on Fridays and Sundays, you know, giving out this information. But you just get better at what you're doing and you find out what works and what doesn't work. So anybody here who's trying to get information, good information, on how to become a great business person. This is something that doesn't come to you naturally. You're not born with a you're not born with a manual on how to do business. You're not born with a manual on how to be a good parent or how to be a good partner or how to be a great husband or wife. You're not born with that. So when you walk so in your relationship when it hits some bumps and it will hit some bumps, okay? Because you don't have that good feeling of, you know, all those endorphins running through your body uh, when you first meet. A year into the relationship, you think something is wrong because now you're arguing. No, something is right because you're arguing. You just need to learn the process of getting through the argument and learning how to communicate. Because I'm telling you, if you get to the point where you start breaking up your marriage relationships just because you're arguing now and you didn't argue when the hormones were raging, that doesn't tell you you're with the wrong person. You're going to be, listen, you're going to be changing relationships like you change socks if you keep that. It's self-work, self-evaluation. Yes, there's work. There's work involved in that. Let's talk about that because you've been married longer than anybody here um, on this panel. What does it look like when you are, you know, faced with those decisions in relationship, you're needing to transition a relationship to uh, a healthy space, but you're noticing that you're headed into an unhealthy space. What are some of those, what, what, what are some tips and strategies you can share with the audience to help them, realign where they need to be from a relationship standpoint to get that thing back in a healthy space. Cause that's not natural. Just like what you said, you don't naturally get that out the deal. You have to work towards that. So what are some of the things that you would recommend people do to kind of push back in that healthy zone? Right. Stop thinking 
because you have to work at your relationship that it's not the right relationship. Ooh. That's number one. Ooh. Some people Ooh, may that's, think, that's major. Some people may think because it takes work, it's not right. You know, um, there, there was a movie out that was probably before you were born, and and one of the lines in the movie says, uh, "Love means never having to say you're sorry." Well, that that's that 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 ain't true. All right. So if if you think that love means that you don't argue, that you never have to work at it, or um, if you're going to be good at anything, you don't have to work at it. Don't ever believe that. All right. Just just know that whatever you're going to do in life, it's going to take work. And you may need to go to an outside source to mm. learn how to navigate that space. You're gonna need some tools, just like a plumber needs tools, just like a carpenter needs tools. You're gonna to need some tools to, um, to be able to communicate with that person that you promise to be with for the rest of your life. Wow. So nobody gets it naturally out of this deal. Nobody. Wow. And so you will endure conflict in relationships. You will be there. You just need to know how to navigate it. Mm. And it's important to seek guidance, mentors through marriage. Exactly. Or business. Listen, and sometimes you need a tune-up. Mm. You know? There, 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 there are in your church, in your community, there are going to be, um, you know, some some relationship boot camps, you know, pick up some books, you know, watch some videos, go to uh, take a weekend off and work on your relationship. OK, can you imagine being in your business for 10 years and not going to one class? Getting in uh, or, or uh, getting any new information, doing things like you always did them for the last ten years. Can you imagine doing that in your business? Yeah. We, well, if we, you want to be blockbuster, we try to do that in our relationships. <laughs> I know my wife gave me a gym probably about seven months ago. She said, "You should work on your on this marriage like you do on your business." I was like, "Damn, I definitely haven't been doing that." Wow. There you go. <laughs> And that's, that's when everything started to change. Mm -hmm. You know, so listen, listen, folks, that that's going to be that was major for me. That was that was major for me to learn that um, there are some things I just have to get better at in this relationship and, and learn from uh, from the mistakes that I've made in the past and the mistakes that I've made in the past. I didn't consider to be mistakes. Mm. I thought that was the way I should I should be in this relationship. And because you don't like it, that's your problem. Mm. Oh, I, I, I used to be like that. Selfish. <laughs> yeah, selfish I ain't gonna lie. Shit, yeah. You know, I, I'm glad you, you mentioned problem, that. Not me. I'm, gl <laughs> I'm glad you mentioned that because I've I've had very, very a very similar mindset where I w w went into my relationship with a lot of selfishness and not selfishness when it comes to money. A lot of people think, um, you know, because with money, I, 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 you know, that's whatever, right? Yeah. 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 But a lot of times what we wreck, what we, what we neglect is the, or what we don't realize is that selfishness is in terms of having a listening ear. 
right? Being understanding and 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 giving people space to 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 be themselves, right? And represent as themselves, letting them have some spotlight in the relationship and in some of the praise. When when you start dishing out that praise, leading with a give in relationship. Right. And, 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 and not just money. A lot of times people just equate this to money. No, no. Like, how am I, how am I pedestalizing you? Right. In your moments of, of, of insecurity, how mm -hmm. am I, how am I reaffirming you in your moments of doubt? Right. How am I giving you a space to be able to communicate? Right. To me, how am I helping you with things around the house, taking some load off? Right to make things easier for you when you're going through certain things. So, so a lot of times when we think in selfishness, we think in money, but it'd be other stuff that be going on, you know, like time. time, you know, doing stuff that that's easy for you. Right. But means the world to the other person and just doing it just because you just need to do it. Not because they prompted you to do it. You just, it's all, you, you can easily do this. You can easily do this. Go ahead and knock it out just to make that person's day lead with that give. You never know how that person is going to internalize that later in relationship. So, so, yep. so those are some of the things I try to, I try to bring uh, to relationship. So I, I'm glad you mentioned that because I was selfish in a lot of those other ways, not necessarily financially, but making myself available um, um to to for, for those other things in a relationship, you know, you may not even recognize that it is being selfish. Mm -mm, you may recognize it as I'm, you know, I'm being a man, and and listen, you you your 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 perception of what I'm doing is totally is totally wrong because that's not what I'm doing. All right. Then so my wife would tell me, you may not have meant to step on my toe but it still hurts. Facts. Okay. It still hurts. So what am I going to do about that? So learning how to validate someone else's feelings, even if at that time they're not legitimate, you cannot make their feelings illegitimate at that time. Facts. Can't do it. Okay. Because it is true. That's just that's just adding another layer of bad feelings that are going to have to get peeled off later. Mm. Wow. Wow. <laughs> Listen, well, it's, it's getting deep today. Yeah, man. Yeah. Need that. What you got? What you got pulled up, man? What you got? Now, I was really just kind of going <laughs> over uh, some of these divorce statistics man and just kind of recognizing um you know some some of some of these divorce statistics but the main thing is this you know we we've heard a lot about what's going on from a divorce standpoint um if you want to check more uh out on this you can just go to Forbes uh and and check out some of their divorce key divorce statistics but it, it's just amazing that you know um I, I I always go back to this right here is that that lack of commitment, right? Infidelity and extra uh, extramarital affairs, too much conflict and arguing, right? Getting married too young have superseded financial problems and difficulties in relationships today. 
And, you know, I would liken that to, uh, I mean, I, w- I would compare that to the fact that, listen, at the end of the day, right, we're, we may be doing a little bit better financially, or we've learned how to do that a little bit better. It's still up there, but, you know, I wonder how much social media, right, the fact that we don't have a lot of successful, healthy relationship models to follow, right, right, and a lot of the representation that we're seeing in terms of relationships is all toxic because when you scroll on social media, the only thing that we see highlighted when it comes to relationship is toxicity. That's it. Um, uh, but I'm going to go down some of the list and, and talk about some of the other things as well. So some of the stuff at the bottom of the list is substance abuse, um, domestic violence, right? Uh, lack of support from family health problems, religious differences, and little or no premarital education. Again, Don mentioned this earlier, and he said that nobody gets in this deal naturally, right? If you're looking for a naturally perfect relationship, then you're most likely going to be sadly mistaken because you may not naturally be able to get it. And so uh, you taking the time to educate yourself um, um, uh, get mentorship, seek counsel, surround yourself around positive influences that are successful in their own right. Not people who know how to talk successfully or know how to tell you about what success looks like in relationship. No, people who are actually doing it because doing it and being able to speak about it are two separate things. Again, we talk a lot about theory-based conversations and advice versus real you know, lived experience advice. Those are two separate things. Not to invalidate somebody just because they haven't done it successfully. Somebody unsuccessful is something can give, you know, uh, uh, insight on something. But when, it look, when you're looking for advice on how to do it correctly, you want experience. Um, I just want to highlight that. Oh, before we head out of here, um, what, what would you like to add to that, man? I just got to add, this is a beautiful conversation, man. I love what Don was saying. When it comes to marriage, we, I think we hit on a lot of things that marriage takes work. Uh, like my wife told me, you got to look at your marriage just like your business, you know. In your business, you seek mentorship. You know, you, you want to spend money on education. And you should be doing the same thing when it comes to marriage. Or if you have a business with somebody else, you need to seek mentorship. You need to seek, uh, you need to get money. I mean, you need to uh, pay for mentorship pay for courses, just read books on relationship, read books on business. You got to pour into what you want to uh, make better. I know typically we struggle in those situations. I know me as a man, I was like, I thought you just wanted me for me. I got to do all this extra shit. I ain't think, you know, why I got to do all that? I thought I was the prize. You know what I'm saying? Same as women. They think they're the prize, but at the end of the day, yeah, we all prizes, but we're not the best prize that we can be. And I think as individuals, we need to educate ourselves financially, mentally, on relationships to be better for our for other person and better for ourselves. And then that makes our life better together or separate. You know, self-development is important and business development is important as well. And then marriage development is important as well. So we have to do the work to seek the life that we want. You know, a lot of, a lot of us want happy relationships, happy business successful business but we're not really if we really take look at ourselves and have real self-evaluation are you doing everything you need to do to get that life that you want to get that relationship that you want 
most times if you be honest with yourself, you're not you're not even doing twenty percent of what you need to be doing. And that's why you're not as successful in those relationships, business, marriage as you seek to be because you're not really putting the work in. You gotta be honest with yourself and and ask yourself that. I know I asked myself that six months ago. I wasn't doing everything I was supposed to do in my relationship, my marriage, uh, that I was supposed to be doing. And once I started doing that, uh, yeah, everything been good. We right now my relationship is the best that it's ever been ever in the sixteen years we've been together. Because I did the self work, I did the self evaluation. She said some things, and I took it into consideration and got to work. And now it's, it's been good. That's all I gotta say, Byron. What you gotta say? <laughs> Listen, man, I, I love that, man, because at the end of the day, you 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 listening. You know what I'm saying? You letting that woman speak life into the relationship and you taking heed. And that's dope. You know, we got Lady B in the building. We got Bam Bam in the building. Uh, shout out to y'all. I don't know if they uh on. Yeah, Bam with us? I mean, may or may not be. I think his mic is. Yeah, he with us. Okay. Oh, if you can, Bam, repeat what you put in the chat, man. I think that was pretty good, man. It was a private chat. Everybody else can't see it. Oh, my bad. Well, it was like a while back, about in November, October. My wife said we were talking. I was like, we ain't got talking about it, and we, we was uh, pursuing, you know, getting the gym open and stuff. And I was like, I have never ever asked her what she wanted to do. Like all this time since we've been going together, she's been helping helping me follow my goals and going after my dreams. And and so I never sat back and said, Hey, babe, what do you actually want to do? And then when I did, it kind of hurt me because she said, I don't know. I just want to make sure to help you be as successful as you can be. And I was like, man, that ain't that ain't following your purpose or your passion just to help me. So it's been one of those things that now I'm trying to you know, help her get to where she want to be just so she ain't wasting her time just being where I want to be at the end of the day. Like that, man. I like that. Don, what's your thoughts, man? I guess my final uh, my, my final thought is the hardest thing to do is stop keeping score, mm. you know, because and, and, and I got caught up into that uh, just recently. I was keeping score again. All right. And uh, I, I will admit to this because she was saying that um, that me helping out around the, you know, helping out around the house, doing some things that she wanted, especially, you know, when she, when we're putting on a dinner party, me, you know, uh, looking, you know, I told her it's hard for me to see what needs to be done. If you just ask me, I can do that. All right. But she would, she would love it if I could see what to do and jump in. And then she said something about it. And I, and then I started keeping score. I said, well, try to do all this with no electricity <laughs> with no heat <laughs> okay and, and try to cook on a you know a campfire all right so i went there i was keeping score when i should have been trying to figure out validate her feelings if you know what i'm saying and say what what can i do so she won't go down so she won't feel that way while we are working together in you know putting on this dinner party you know so i took it to a place that is natural for me to do so the unnatural thing is not to keep score the natural thing is to keep score says i'm doing this 
Therefore, that should be enough for you to do that. And it ain't. I'm just telling you. Love it, man. I love it. I know I didn't kept school a few times. Look, look, that's me. Oh, that's yeah. me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I got 10 points, baby. You you barely got one. <laughs> <laughs> this shit is unbalanced. <laughs> How we gonna fix this? We need we need counsel. Lady B, what's going on? What's your thoughts on today's discussion? What's happening? Good morning. What's happening? Um, this is a very good show. Thank you for having it. I just want to speak on the business partnership part. Mm. Um, I've had many of those. Um, I was able, that was one way that I was really able to grow my business at one point. And what I was in those type of situations was more of a um, working partner, right? I had investors that really just wanted to put their money up and kick their feet up where I put in the work. So after a while, I wanted to do what they did. And I work out a lot. So I was going to a twerk out class and I met the girl who was holding the class. And I was like, you know what? I could team up with you and open up a studio and you be the face. And I just like really handle the money part until we start making money. Not even really doing my research to see like what all came into that type of business. Um, but point being I put in over 250K into that business because I had to re-renovate the whole place. Um, and my I put it part on me because I should have been um, more wise on picking somebody to do that type of project with. But I, I took her on as a working partner where I wanted to be the investor and she'd be the working partner. She didn't know what that meant. Um and I lived far from the studio. So I really left it all on her once the studio was open. Um, I put in 250K. Uh, she didn't She didn't realize no value of what was really going on because she didn't have to put in the money, right? She just had to show up, shake ass and do whatever. Um, and I, That's I, I, point. I don't take that as a loss because it really taught me a lot about business. Um, so I've had it both ways because, again, I was able to grow my main business with investors and I tried to do what they were doing and it just didn't go so well. So I just wanted to share that. I love it. I love it. Appreciate you saying that. Appreciate you saying that. that you know, there's a lot of learning lessons in that. A lot of money right there. Yeah, that's 250. Yeah. Ooh, we. Shaking ass. Yeah, we'll go. 250 and shaking ass. That's, that's a sound like a strip club to <laughs> me. <laughs> it's a hell of a goal, bro. Sound like a good time. But uh man, today I think today's show is pretty good, man. It's pretty amazing. Um, make sure if y'all enjoy today's content, man. Y'all, I think y'all be scared of that like button, man. Hit the like button, man. And I said another thing. I don't know what's been going on, but we've been having some crazy numbers, man. We got a lot of got a lot of good things going on. So we appreciate y'all for for all the support uh in multiple ways with the likes, with the views, with the with the with the watches after is is published, we appreciate all that. Uh, shout out to the uh, newest members again. Let me see. Let me let me get the list real quick, man. Let me get the list real quick. Let me see, man. Let me get the list, man. Shout out to our newest members. When we got uh Miss Matilda, we got Miss Randolph, and also Miss Reed, man. Shout out to y'all for the newest members 
of the community. If you want to join the community, it's that join button next to subscribe. They got three different levels. You got Trailblazer, Legacy, or Visionary. Make sure you join. You get discounts on merch. You get discounts when we have events. You get exclusive content as well. Make sure you join the family. We much appreciate it. And man, go get y'all some No Stingy Energy gear too. NoStingyEnergy.com. You can get you some hoodies, some t-shirts, some joggers, whole sets. Uh, make sure you grab some, man. Top quality. And this is a, yeah, it ain't no cheap shit. It ain't no cotton, no hard cotton that's going to scratch your back when you put it on. You know what I'm saying? It ain't the ones when you wash it, after you wash it, it starts showing your belly button. It, it turns to a tank top. It ain't them. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> it ain't them. But uh, this, this is our first week, man. Our first week. Um, Fully on YouTube. We are no longer on Clubhouse, so make sure you tell all your friends that's, that's a part of the Clubhouse community when we had it. We are here on YouTube Tuesday and Thursday at 6.30 a.m. Central Standard Time. Any any final words, Byron? Ah, man. Great show. Hey, man. We'll see y'all on Tuesday morning. Yes, indeed. Peace. What's up, y'all? So most people struggle with sales. A lot of us in real estate, and we struggle with our sales. We struggle with follow We struggle with leads. And we're just basically missing out on deals. For me, I just got on Taskify CRM. They send messages out for you. And look, a lot of us have work. When you get off of work, you have hot leads ready for you. Make sure you check out Taskify CRM. I'm telling you, it automatically replies for you. And look, it sends you multiple messages. Like we're talking about drip, drip campaigns, so you're not missing up on the lead follow-up. So make sure you check out Taskify CRM. Use coupon code NoStingyEnergy to get 10% off. I'm about to show y'all inside my CRM so I can see how it really works. Make sure y'all check it out. Peace. Everybody cameras, everybody just jamming. <laughs> Yo. <laughs>